Well, hey there, guys. On today's installment of the John Campbell Show, we're going to be reviewing the new Adam Driver film 65 and the new Scream 6. That Batman Cape Crusader animated series has a brand new home over at Amazon. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Also, it looks like Michael B. Jordan is creating an entire Creed universe of movies, TV, animation even. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, Mark Ruffalo is saying that the Thor franchise needs him to save it. Kind of joking, but was he kind of true at the same time? Jenna Ortega is apparently being cast in Beetlejuice 2, playing Winona Ryder's brother. The final Super Mario Brothers trailers come out, and it's as great as anything. And Bob Iger saying Marvel films don't need a third or fourth installment in their franchises, and that the next Avengers you see are going to be an entirely different team. That and a whole bunch more. The John Campion Show starts right now. And salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. My name, of course, is John Campy. And today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Mint Mobile. Guys, it is glorious to have you guys here today as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. I'm joined by, of course, Ray Ora back there. Jonathan Voiko is running the show. Taylor Gonzalez is over there in control table as well. And most importantly... You guys are here. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Here's how the show's going to go. We're going to talk about all those predetermined topics and more. And then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you guys have a live comment or question you'd like us to address on the show, go ahead and fire that down into the comments down below. Or if you want to do it during the live part of the show, when we get to the end of the main topics, we are going to open up the super chats. And once we do, you'll have just a couple of minutes to fire in a thought, and I'll address that in the last part of the show. All right, a little bit of housekeeping, guys. Want to remind you, if you need your daily fix of the John Campion Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, good news, there is an audio-only version of the show simply called the John Campion Show Podcast. Go and subscribe to it today on your favorite podcasting app of choice, so it'll be there when you need it. All right, guys. That down, got a bunch to cover here today, so let's dive right into it, shall we? We're going to start with this. So yesterday on the show, you guys might remember, that we were talking about the new Adam Driver film opening up yesterday. It's officially in theaters now. And the, what, what's, what's the word for it? Oh yeah, review embargo had not yet lifted. The day the movie was coming out, in that morning, the review embargo for that movie had not yet lifted at all. There were no reviews. Now, of course, as the day progressed, some reviews started to come out. And we said on the show that despite the fact that I am looking forward to this movie, this is not a good sign. It is not a good sign when a studio has so little faith in their movie that they don't want critics to be able to talk about it. Well, with all that in mind, uh, myself, Anne, and Ray, we went to go see 65 yesterday. Gluttons for punishment. <laughs> Gluttons for punishment. <laughs> and you know what? I had a much better time than I thought I would. I enjoyed this movie. I thought this movie worked on several levels. One, just as a kind of, you know, dumb, just kind of an action film, like running from dinosaurs, a dude with a gun running from dinosaurs, right? That's a lot of fun. So you could do that part, right? You give some fun. But you know what? I thought the underlying story of the movie was pretty, had a hook. The story had a hook to it. We understand the character and and his emotional state and all that kind of stuff. And so, look, I'm going to tell, this isn't really a spoiler because this is stuff that you find out in the first 30 seconds of the movie. This, this is just the premise, <laughs> right? This is just the premise. So 
Adam Driver's characters do not go back in time. He's actually from an alien. He's from another planet. And 65 million years ago, there was another civilization out there. And Adam Driver is basically a bus driver. And his ship comes into a meteor shower. He crash lands. And it's him and one other. But they kind of do reveal this in one of the trailers. It's him and one other survivor. One of the passengers survives. And they got to survive this prehistoric earth with dinos running around and all that kind of stuff. And listen, I was sitting there fully prepared for this movie to not be good at all because of the, again, the studio showed no faith in it. They didn't market it very much either. So I was waiting for them to just, I was waiting for the movie to get bad. It's like, okay, this is an interesting start. Must get bad any minute now. It's like, all right, all right, we're, we're through the first act. This must be where it goes south. But it doesn't. That was me and Ant-Man. I mean, I know was it really? Yeah. I just thought they said it's going to get bad. But. Well, I mean, and hey, you're not alone. A bunch of people liked Ant-Man. That's great. But I was, I was like that. I was sitting there waiting for this thing to get bad. And I'll tell you what. No, is this going to end up in my top 15 movies of the year list? Probably not. No. But this is a good movie. I, I had fun with it and I get it. Not everybody's going to be enjoy it. It's not going to be for everybody. But I thought Adam Driver, listen, give him a movie where it's basically him. That's him. The, the, he's on screen almost the entire movie and he shows off that he's an actor who can and, carry a movie. I had fun. And man, that 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 blaster that he has to awesome. The sounds of that thing were like, okay, that's something from Halo, something from Look, this movie had the elements that I love about everything. It's like dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> There's an element of natural disaster in there. Yes, there is. There is a uh, space. I mean, this movie was for me. Like I, I spent the whole, the whole, the whole night. I was thinking it was about it. Ninety minutes. The whole night I was thinking about it. And I was like, I, I really like this movie. I can even say it's my, one of my top surprise hits of the year so far. Surprising as in I didn't go in there. It had dinosaurs, but that's just me being uh, what? optimistic. Yeah, but because you went, I remember when we parked and we were walking in. You started talking about it. You I bet there's not going to be many dinosaurs. Yeah, That's, they're gonna, I was already they're gonna, on it. They're yeah. going to sell us short on the dinosaurs. And then this morning when we came in the office, he said something I very rarely ever hear Ray say. He said, you know what? If I've got somebody who hasn't seen the movie yet, I'll go see this again. Yeah, I would. Don't I hear mean, you say that often. There's a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, well, I hope I would, if someone had a camera on me, it'd be the most funniest video ever. Because I like startled like out of my chair like two or three <laughs> <did>. times <laughs> to the point where it's so bad i looked around you know you know when you think everyone's looking <laughs> at you yep. down, like, like i looked around and i was like and then i just kept going like this <laughs> <laughs> I'll in the theater now this happens sometimes but we're in the theater and like something will happen that's kind of clever and all of a sudden all you hear in the theater is right <laughs> just, I did that just more right than the through the <laughs> theater. The guy behind him is suddenly holding a Chipotle burrito. Okay, <laughs> okay John, what I, okay. What would you suggest someone uh, like spend money to go watch this? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I honestly would look at no movie is for everybody. The Godfather, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, no movies for everybody. But I I honestly if I was talking to an average person right now, they came up and said, hey, is this worth the time and money to go watch? I would honestly say yes. I, again, I'm not saying, not going to win any Oscars. I'm not going to say it's going to be my top 10 movies of the year list. No, but it's a fun little movie. Yeah, it is. And, and I Great. think it is worth, an, if you've already seen Creed, go out and see this. I think you'll have a good time. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to go out and see 65 with Adam Driver yet? If so, what did you think about it? 
Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into another review here, shall we? We did a double header last night. We did a double feature. Where first we went to go see Adam Driver 65, and then we went in to go see Scream 6. Now, I am not a Scream fan, all right? I, I'm not a big Scream fan. I, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the franchise. I like the first one well enough. Didn't like any, I didn't like two, I didn't like three, I didn't like four. And then five came out last year. And I was really pleasantly surprised by five. I had a good time with it. I, I really quite enjoyed it. So that, coupled with some really good trailers for Scream 6, I found myself for the first time in my life being excited to see a Scream movie. And I love Jenna Ortega and all that kind of stuff. So off we go right after seeing 65 to go see Scream 6. And I will say this. If you had bet me $100 yesterday in the afternoon about my double feature and which movie will I like better, 65 or Scream 6, I would have bet Scream 6. And I did like Scream 6. Don't get me wrong. I, I liked it. We're going to talk about it here in a second. I did like Scream 6. But I would have lost that bet because I actually ended up coming out enjoying 65 a little bit more. But anyway, we're here to talk about Scream 6. All right. Scream 6 is... I think one of the better installments of the franchise, to be honest with you. it Look, when you go to see a Scream movie, you are not going to see Shakespeare. <laughs> you're, you're not on your way. You're not going there to see Daniel Day-Lewis. You're not going to see the ghost face mask come off and it's Daniel Day-Lewis or Denzel Washington. Under you're there. hurting Taylor right now. Can you please <laughs> calm but down a little bit? I think even Taylor would agree, right? That's not what you're well, going to scream Funny for. you mention that because breaking news, Daniel Day-Lewis casting Scream Coming seven. out of retirement for Scream 7. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's not what you're going for, right? What are you going for? You're going for some some clever, funny pop cultural references. You're going for some really fun kills. You're going for, you know, see if you can figure out the mystery a little bit. You know, yeah, that's the stuff you're going for, right? And on that level, I got to say, this movie delivered in spades on that level. The kills were fun. Um, there was there was some really good humor in it. One involved, I won't say what it is, but one involves a scene with Jenna Ortega and Courtney Cox that I thought was really, really <laughs> funny. Um, I, I like this group from Scream 5. Um, yeah, all those things that are the primary things that you go to a Scream movie for, on those levels, it totally worked. Now, on the other side, all the things that are traditionally a little bit weak about the Scream films... Oh yeah, those things are 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 are, are big weaknesses. Let me let me throw out a couple things here, okay? Oh, no. And I'm I'm not going to get into spoilers, but these are <laughs> tropes that have been in all the, but not just the screen movies. These are tropes that have been in a thousand movies, and they always drive me freaking insane. One, of course, is in a movie if a real if a bad guy is chasing a good guy or good guys, right? This has been in the Scream films. This has been all the horror films. This has been a lot of action films. This has been in tons, thousands of them. Scream is not the only one guilty of this. But I always want to yell at the screen when, let's say, a killer's chasing somebody. And as the killer comes around the corner, you know, the, the, the hero or heroine sees a baseball bat and picks up the baseball. And again, this isn't a specific thing to this Scream movie. I'm just making up a scenario here, right? Realize there's a baseball bat there. So the heroine or the hero picks up the baseball bat. And as the killer comes around the corner, boom, they crack him over the head with the baseball bat. Logic dictates that you look down at that bat in your hand 
and go, oh, cool, that worked. And then you continue to bash in the <laughs> brains of the person. Or you pull a little curb stompy, pull a little, what is it, American History X? Pull oh a little American God. History X. And you, you, <laughs> I hate you that scene. stop that sucker. I hate that But scene. what happens every fucking time? Every time in any of these movies, you get the person and then the hero or heroine goes, oh, they knock the bad guy down. They go, woo, they drop the bat and they keep running. And you know what's better? What's that? If they hit the bat on the uh, uh, killer's face and they fly through a two-story window onto the floor, they're like, nah, they're good. We're good. We got them. Yeah, it's all good. It's all fine. But I, I like, and that, <laughs> that one thing, that little fake make-believe thing I just made up, that happened like seven times in this movie. <laughs> Like seven times in this movie. And every time I'm screaming, it's like, why? Like, that just, like, dude, get full mount. Start landing some yeah. ground and pound. Throw some elbows. Like, the, they're down. Yeah. Kill them. And believe it or not, they're scary behind, they're scary in that mask, but behind it, they're just a person. Yeah, see, that's my, my that's my <laughs> big problem with all of them. They're just a person. But, John, I, I, my out of theater review, I said something about, like, the David Arquette character. I'm not backtracking. But I do, I do want to say that whatever there was in the fifth one I did, that I enjoyed, I didn't find much of in this one. Ooh. Like, and a lot of that was like, I think the parts that just made me laugh. There was like a lot more, like, 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 uh, breaks between, I don't know, like the kills in the five. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, you mentioned coming out that you really felt the absence of David Arquette, or and after watching like the fifth one, I like I. There, there was definitely an, a dimension that David Arquette brought to the fifth one that you felt was missing in this one a bit. I also very much felt the absence of Sydney. Yeah, me too. But the movie, I went in wondering, how are they going to mm -mm. address the fact that Sydney is in here? And I thought they, number one, addressed Sydney being missing very well. And number two, they gave a really good story reason for why Sydney wasn't there. Unlike Creed. Unlike Creed with Stallone, they did a much better job with Sydney missing than they did with Rocky missing. And number three, I thought they handled it very respectfully. I thought they handled, so I, I won't say how they do it, but I thought they handled all that really, really well. Um, the twist, I hey, listen, these cheap little horror movies, I usually see the twist coming from a mile away. It, it got me. It surprised me. Look, the little twist got yeah. me. And that's where I think I've only seen Scream 1, I think Scream 2, 5, and then this one. So there's a lot of inside baseball in this movie where um, the yes, audience right. reacted yeah, and yeah, I didn't yeah. know anything about. So anybody who's a Scream fan, Taylor, <laughs> you probably knew everything. You probably reacted the same way. Oh, I mean, man. obviously Taylor loved it. I, I mean, how, how, how would you compare it to, to Scream 5? To Scream 5, I, I'm going to rewatch this one on Saturday in Dolby. I think as of right now, I prefer this one over Scream 5, but I just want to get a second viewing in before I solidify that statement. I saw it at a fan screening at AMC, so it was 5 p.m. 3D. The 3D is unnecessary, so if you're thinking about it, I would just say, as fun as it is that this is the first theatrically released 3D Scream film, you could skip the 3D. Uh, I'm going to see it in Dolby for my second viewing. They give out these really cool prints. Uh, I'm going to frame mine, put it on my wall. <laughs> I Dang. love this movie. It was so good. I was nervous. I was shaking. I was sweating. I told you, I started tearing up at the opening, the opening wow. kill scene. I was like, God, you guys, this is what I wanted. This is what I've been waiting for. But the, okay. 
two things, and then and then I'll go another hour. So the first thing is uh, <laughs> after the show, after the movie, a uh, viewer of the show, Scott and his boyfriend Alex, they came up and introduced themselves to me. So I just wanted to say hello. Very nice to meet you guys. And then the second thing is, so I did my theater out of the theater review, and I did not plan this. Four minutes and twenty seconds, you guys. That's great. That <laughs> okay, is, well, that is great. I have a big question, John. Yeah. I, well, first of all, props to Jenna Ortega. She's a new. I don't know how old she is. Princess queen. Of, she's great. Uh, she's great in this movie. The, she's in really Empire, good. Because she's from uh, born in Coachella. Props to her. The big question. You saw the turnout at Scream Six. Yeah. That theater was packed. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 was it, it wins the weekend, more right? Than at sixty-five. It wins the weekend, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, well, they were forecasting this This was going to be the biggest opening of the franchise so far. That's what the forecast was. Obviously, we'll know on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to compete against it. Creed will have its drop. I wish 65 could compete. I wish... Yeah, got, yeah, because yeah. it was not a full theater at 65. Yeah. I mean, it, it was... I don't even think it was half full nah. at 65. They didn't mark that film well. But, again, yeah, I think this is one of the better installments of the screen. I, I personally prefer five over six, but I had a good time. It's a good weekend for any genre. We yeah, got listen. sci-fi, sci-fi fans. We got horror fans. It's mm -hmm. all there for you. Yeah, go see 65. Creed. Go see go see Scream. Go see Creed. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in theaters right now. Question is for you guys. Did you have a chance to get out there and go see Scream 6? If so, what did you think? Whatever your thoughts are, guys, jump on down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? You know, there was a great disturbance in the force for people who are fans of animation at WB and Warner Brothers and stuff like that. That particularly when Warner Brothers and HBO, they were either removing or canceling a bunch of animated things. Uh, one of those things was they had announced previously this Batman, the Caped Crusader series, right? And a lot of people were excited about it. People who worked on the original Batman, the animated series were being involved with it. A lot of people were very, very excited about this. The animation style had a real noir kind of feel to it. But then they announced that HBO was not going to carry. HBO had canceled their order for the show. But Warner Brothers was still going to develop it. Like Warner Brothers, WB was still looking at developing the show, even though it was not going to be on HBO. And we wondered maybe it can find another home. Well, wonder no more. The reports are out that Batman, Cape Crusader, has found a home over at Amazon. Congratulations to all the folks over at over there, over there working on this show. And it is going to be on Amazon video with a two-season order. This comes just from the Hollywood Reporter who said. The streamer and retail giant has handed out a two-season order for the animated series, which was originally set up at HBO Max. Cape Crusader landed at the Jennifer Salke-led streamer following Warner Brothers Animation's parent company, Warner Brothers Discovery, scrapping the show in August. Now, obviously, they didn't scrap the show because they're still developing it. They just weren't going to put it on HBO. More than a year after it was ordered straight to series. Amid a round of cost-cutting, other streamers, including Netflix, Apple, and Hulu, also kicked the tires and put in bids on the project. That marks a reunion for executive producers J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, who previously collaborated on the WB Network's beloved Felicity. So, Batman, Cape Crusader lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is going to make a lot of people happy. I know our own Chris Carr was very excited mm -hmm. about this series. And good for them, because listen, I often talk about the fact that while I love DC movies and I love Marvel movies, I am normally, I normally find DC and Marvel's 
straight to home video animation stuff, absolute garbage normally, but there are some exceptions. <laughs> and one of those clear exceptions was the original Batman, the animated series. Like that was great. Right. And, and as, as a consequence of that, one of the other th exceptions was Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh-huh. Uh, that was another one. But I think, uh, that, no, no, that one that was, was the same home video. That was theatrical. Didn't Harley it? Quinn. That was theatrical and that, it was the same that was world. Yeah. Harley Quinn. So like I could probably pick up... Uh, uh, Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood was great. another one that I actually quite liked. But so there are five, six, seven of them that I really dig. Uh, the uh, the Doctor Strange animated movie, I, I thought you was You actually like that one? I, I like that I one. Find I find all the Marvel ones not not that good i, I think find DC most is. of the marvel ones not good yeah. i find most of the dc ones not good but there are some exceptions and this one was one of the ones that actually had my curiosity again because it's kind of re reassembles it's in that the style it's in the spirit if you will of that animated series you had matt reeves working on as executive producer so i'm personally quite happy about this news I i'm glad they got it and again it's a little bit of genius on the part of warner brothers because this is the, uh, there's other DC projects that have been announced the last couple of months. They're going to be airing on other places. Right. And what is what does that do for Warner Brothers? Hey, Amazon, one of our big competitors, thanks for just free advertising for our for our properties. But Thank you for the free advertising. I was going to bring up something, What's that? John. It seems like there's a lot of comic book properties that e either the studios don't want to put on their platform or don't they don't have a streaming platform to put it on that are sending them to amazon they might be regretting that amazon might become the house of comic book stuff that the studios didn't want on their own stuff but and if some of those end up being good because sony's uh passing on like what was that spider woman or whatever that thing is yeah there's a, there's a yeah uh, the, um what, I, well which one was it was was silk Silk. Silk is Silk. going over there. Yep. There's a couple of things that are going on. The Boys is already on there. I yep. mean. But that's the thing. It is something that has worked for Amazon so far. Like when you look at something like The Boys, right? That's really working. When you look at in Invincible, you know, the comic, so far for Amazon, they're looking at their experiments with the comic book material and they're having between, between well, is Invincible Netflix or is that Amazon? That's Amazon. Amazon. That is Amazon, right? So between Invincible and the boys, they're cracking it. You can't say the same for Netflix, right? Uh -huh. What was what was the one they just did with uh, Transformers Boy, uh, Josh Duhamel? Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, the, the the older heroes. Yeah, with the family. Oh uh, uh, shoot! And I'm freezing on the name. Everybody uh, wants to forget the name of that one. I'm sure the live the, chat. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what it wasn't good. Jupiter's Legacy. Thank right, you. Right. Haunted Autumn was the first one to put that in. Jupiter's Legacy. And Netflix ain't having the best the best thing with that although you know the old guard that kind of worked from the Jupiter's legacy was a big swing and a miss so for i think Am amazon is going to be saying yeah we'll keep going with this because it's working so far and you know what's great for these properties that like whatever the studio wanted to pass it on to amazon is having amazon prime membership is almost like having a phone now it's like almost everyone has it and you get to watch this stuff yeah like i, I love that because even without prime video i would i'm an amazon prime member even without prime video it's just bonus for me that I get Prime Video mm -hmm. with my Amazon membership. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Batman, the Cape Crusader animated series lives as Warner Brothers will continue to make it. Only now it's going to be airing on Amazon Prime. At least it's going to be out there to season order. Are you excited about this? Maybe you don't care about the animated stuff. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. 
With that down, let's move over to our Mint Mobile hotline questions of the day. If you guys have a question for the show and like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call our Mint Mobile hotline number anytime 24-7 at 951-268-4259. And today, we got a question in here about that upcoming Creed universe. Check it out. Hi, John. My name's Anne-Marie. I'm a big fan of yours. I just got out of seeing Creed 3, and I thought it was good, but could be better. Obviously, Creed 3 is going to make a ton of money. So where do they go next? Do they do a Creed 4? Do they do a story about his daughter? Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you, and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot, Anne-Marie, for calling that in. And yeah, listen, Creed 3 in theaters right now. I'm going to be really interested to see what the second weekend drop was going to be. Um I, I again, I'm not ready to say that Creed 3 is as good or better than the first Creed, but it's comparable. It is a fantastic movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan with his directorial debut in a perfect circumstance, a modestly budgeted film in a franchise he was very, very familiar with, still working with Ryan Coogler as a producer on. It was a perfect situation and he knocked it out of the park. Now, he said something very interesting on one of the red carpets when Creed was premiering. And he said something along the lines of, you know, developing a Creed universe. Now, at the time, some people, including myself, just kind of interpreted that as, you know, uh, making another Creed movie. Like, it, it was the Rocky world, but now it's the Creed world. That's how I kind of interpreted it at the time, right? Well, maybe that wasn't the right interpretation. Because according to a report in Variety, Amazon, who owns MGM, is working with Michael G. B. Jordan to develop a full Creed film and TV universe with Amazon, which would cover theatrical, television, and even animated yes. stuff with the Creed universe. Love. This is what they said over at Variety. They said the following, on the heels of the success of MGM's Creed 3, Michael B. Jordan and Amazon are in talks for a film and TV universe expanding the Creed boxing world varieties confirmed. Details are scarce regarding what projects are being discussed, but sources say the conversations are underway to explore the possibilities for capitalizing on the MGM film franchise's success on Prime Video following Amazon's acquisition of MGM. So this would include full theatrical releases, television shows to be on Amazon Prime, and in the world of animated. And I will tell you what. I love this Creed franchise. I loved the first one. I quite liked the second one. I didn't like it as much as the first. I love the third one. I think this might be stretching it a little too much. To, to now, now, listen, I've, I've thought that before and then changed my mind, but I, I would love the idea of another Creed movie I even love the idea of a Drago spinoff, like Victor Drago, not Ivan yeah. Drago, not the dad. But hey, have Ivan in there too. Have Ivan in yeah, there. Dealing, have Dolph Lundgren in there. Dealing the with dad. arthritis. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, especially after Creed Three, I'm like, you know what? I want to see a movie with Drago. I want to see that. See, anyway, with Drago. What about Damien? He's, uh, Damien, look, 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 look. Oh, I don't we can't get a spoiler. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, go, go ahead. But <laughs> I mean, but you could. I mean, John, um, they've they've said that they want to work. Jonathan Majors has said that him and Michael B. Jordan are going to work together more. So I, w I would expect to see Damien, played by Jonathan Majors, probably pop up in the. I don't know if I want to see a Damien standalone movie, but 
I mean, he can have a role to play in this world, all that kind of stuff. But I, I do wonder if this is stretching it a would be stretching it a bit thin. I, I guess it would all depend on what we hear the concepts are, right? Creed four, you got to do a Creed four. That has to be a Creed four. And then what do you do after that? Do you, is it going to be like a, you know, the UFC has their uh, Ultimate Fighter reality show. Oh right. Is it going to be oh. a Creed? reality boxing oh, no, show. I no. mean, I, I just don't know what they have in mind here. What do this, you think they're going to do? This feels like, and it, it scares me to say this, but it feels like what Marvel is doing with Disney Plus. It feels like padding the Creed universe, whatever, like uh, it, it is not good for a movie. They're going to make a show out of it. They're going to put it on Amazon like a series. The animated thing I'm very excited for. Like, I love the Ajimi no Ippo. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, boxing one that uh japanese boxing anime right i love that so I, i'm down for an animated series i i think um they could go into like a whole series on like certain fighters that from the past i don't know but it feels like it's just padding like um like marvel puts up the the in-depth looks after the uh their movies released like quantumania right like behind the scenes or what what how they made these decisions about the story or this and that so it just feels like something that, that they're putting on Amazon just to, because it's there's a, a brand behind it. There's a, a star behind it. And of course, they're going to put it up on there. I mean, like I said earlier, like everyone has a prime membership. And if you're bored, you can just, just put it on. If you like boxing, if you like these <laughs> movies, just put it on. So I'm scared of the idea. I, I don't want to be oversaturated because we only get a boxing movie every once in a blue moon. And yeah. I like it. And I like it that way. You know what I mean? So. Uh, he's hoping they don't because I, li I like the comparison to the Marvel stuff. There's a day. There's a real danger of an oversaturation, and I hope they don't do that. But hey, I'm going to I'm going to be optimistic. Guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Michael B. Jordan and Amazon are talking about creating an entire Creed universe of movies, TV shows, animated stuff, whatever you can think of. Good idea, bad idea, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, we are going to take a minute here and thank one of the sponsors of our show here today. They provide delicious meals. They're super great to work with. Our friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Guys, it's the new year. Do you remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you'd stick to? HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. My wife Ann and I have been constantly impressed by HelloFresh. Not only how absolutely delicious the food is, but how easy it is to prepare and how much fun we have doing it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia60 and use the code Campia60 for 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Campia60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. All right, guys, we're not done with the Mint Mobile hotline questions, but before we get to that, we thought we'd play a little game today of over-under. So here's what we're going to do. 
We have our three contestants up here. Of course, we've got Ray and Jonathan and Taylor are going to be competing against each other. And our channel members, thank you for being channel members if you are one of our channel members. Uh, I asked our channel members a little bit before the show started who they would like representing them. And we have our representative. So our channel member, Bootleg Snacks, is going to be represented by Ray Aura. X, name. <laughs> X Geos or X J E O S X Geos is going to be represented by Taylor. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Lando is Lando. going to be represented by Jonathan. If your representative wins, guys, uh, you're going to get the, the crew is going to autograph this uh, Ironheart MK1 pop figure. We're going to autograph it, ship it out to you. Ray will be in touch if your representative wins. So, channel members, cheer for your folks in there as we are going to play a little game of over under here's going to go i'm going to give a statement question you guys guess whether it's over or under if you think it's over you guys have to hold up the paddle with the green thumb up if you think it's under you got to hold the paddle with the red thumbs down side right. out all right uh, before we begin if anyone <laughs> notices me on the computer it's because i have to make these thumbnails uh, for the segments well, we i'm not i'm not put cheating that, okay put that off until the game's I'm not over cheating. take five, I don't even know, five I, minute break from that okay i don't really know how you'd even cheat because it's opinion based anyway yeah. Or, yeah. i mean you'd have to really look at a fast oh, over under ain't opinion based <laughs> this this is all this is all scientific fact all right here we go question number one let's bring up the uh the, the uh, screen here question number one is how many movies are in the billion dollar club over or under 53.5. How many movies are in the Billion Dollar Club? Over or under 53.5. And your answer in three, two, one. Hold them up. Uh-oh. Okay. Ray and Jonathan are saying under. Taylor is saying over. The answer is under. There are 51 members of the Billion Dollar Club currently. So hold on a second. So Ray... Uh, Jonathan, hey, I got to get the, the score here. Okay, so Ray got one, and Jonathan got one. All right. No more math. No more math. Here we go. Question number two. And the question is, how many feature films has Matt Reeves directed? How many feature films has Matt Reeves directed? Over or under 6.5? Number of feature films that Matt Reeves has directed over under 6.5. Your answer in three, two, one. Hold them up. All you guys are saying under. The answer is under. I he directed know. six films. Matt Reeves has directed The Pallbearer, Cloverfield, Let Me In, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, and of course, The Batman. All right, so that puts our score at two for Ray, two for Jonathan, and one for Taylor. All right, we move into question number three. And our third question is, how many movies? Well, I just gave away the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's gone. How many movies? I didn't see it, though, so I get to answer it. And then oh, I'll no, go. wait. No, no, I didn't have the answer in there. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, how many movies? I was wrong. Woo. Oh, because you saw three Iron I Man saw, three. Yeah, okay, so how many movies has Robert Downey Jr. been in since Iron Man 3, how many movies has Robert Downey Jr. been in since Iron Man 3? Over or under 7.5? 
And your answer is in three, two, one. Hold up the paddles. Too high. Ray, lower your paddle. Okay. So Jonathan and Ray are saying under. Uh Taylor is saying uh over. Uh Uh-oh, come back. The answer is over. Oh! He has been in eight films, including Doolittle, Endgame, Infinity War, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Civil War, Age of Ultron, The Judge, and Chef. John Favreau's film Chef. So Taylor ties it up. It is now twos yeah. across uh, you know the board. I misunderstood the question. It's my fault. I was thinking it was asking how many did he appear as Iron Man after ah, Iron Man three. You just forgot. Yeah. Oh well. Little. Oh well. Pay very close attention to the de- to the wording. All right. We move on. Two questions left here, and we move on to question number four. There are five in total, and the question is: How many Oscar nominations does Adam Driver have? Over or under 1.5? How many Oscar nominations does Adam Driver have over or under 1.5? And your answer's in three, two, one. Hold them up. Okay, we've got under for Taylor and Ray. Or sorry, under for Taylor and Jonathan, over for Ray. The uh, answer wait, is... Wait, 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 wait. I only base this on because I love 65 so much. He should get Oscar nominations <laughs> all, right. all the time. The answer is... Over. Wow. He has two Oscar nominations. He has a nomination for Best Lead Actor for Marriage Story and a nomination for Best Supporting Actor in Black Klansman. Oh, oh my gosh. That's what I missed. So I Ray story. rushes into the, the lead. Man if he gets this fifth <laughs> question right, he wins, but it can still be tied up by either Jonathan or Taylor. So here we go. Question number five and Ray for the win. How much box office money has the Scream movies made, not including Scream 6? Uh Uh-oh. How much money has the Scream movies made at the box office, not including Scream 6, over or under $875 million total? Oh, no. Why did you And your answer in three, two, one. Hold them up. Ray says under. Taylor says under. Jonathan says over. Please don't be over. We're going to have a tiebreaker. And your winner. The answer is under Ray Ora. Snatch. We did it. Wow. Good job, Ray. The the first five five installments of the Scream franchise has in total made $740 million. That'll take it over a billion this weekend then. Oh, well, this no, this will take it over $800 million this oh, weekend. Oh, 800 Yeah, but... Shit, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Ray yeah, is your boy. winner, which means congratulations, Ray, and congratulations to Xeos, uh, X-J-E-O-S. Ray will be in touch with you on there. You are. We're going to autograph these up for you, send this out to you, so congratulations uh, and, and on that. And you know who didn't win? Rob. Rob did not win. <laughs> the, the streak is alive. <laughs> Rob will never win. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for playing along, guys. Uh, with that all down, let's jump back over to our Mint Mobile hotline, shall we? Because we got another question in here today. And this one is asking about, well, I like this. Uh, something that Mark Ruffalo talked about. He's the only one who can save the Thor franchise. Let's check it out. <laughs> Hey, John, this is Joe here. I just seen a post that Mark Ruffalo has. He said that he's just waiting on Marvel to call him back to the Thor franchise so he can save the Thor franchise. What's your thoughts on that? I don't think he's joking, actually. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. 
All right, so here's what's happening. We all know that Thor Love and Thunder, uh, listen, there are a lot of people who like Thor Love and Thunder. All, all, I liked it. I, I thought it was a major step down from Ragnarok, uh, but, but a, a bunch of people like it. But even the people who like it, like me, will say that it was a major step down from Thor Ragnarok. Like most of us agree about that. Maybe some people like it more than Thor Ragnarok. That's great if you do. Some people really dislike the movie. So here's what's going on. Mark Ruffalo was at a convention. He was at the Emerald City Comic Con. And he was asked about, I think the question they asked him, if you could do a buddy cop movie with any, like as Bruce Banner with any other of the MCU characters, who would it be? And he basically said Chris Hemsworth. Actually, let's go over. This is specifically what he said. This comes from the folks over at CBR. Ruffalo said, I have a soft spot for Chris Hemsworth. So I keep waiting for them to invite me back to Thor franchise to save it. That's a joke. I'm canceled, Ruffalo said, seemingly poking fun at Thor Love and Thunder for being one of Marvel's lowest rated movies with a 6.3 rating on IMDb, which is irrelevant, and a B plus grade on cinema cinema score. So... Uh, he comes out and he says, uh, I keep waiting for them to invite me back to, to be in Thorpe. So as he sips his tea, <laughs> I can save the franchise. Um, now, of course, Ruffalo quickly did follow it up that says, I'm joking. Was he? Come on, John. Was he? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> because here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there. Within the best sarcastic jokes, the best sarcastic jokes have a, a, a little kernel of truth, maybe. Maybe, maybe it's a small spattering of truth. Now, look, Mark Ruffalo loves his fellow MCU cast members and is beloved by his fellow MCU cast members. And he, I've seen a lot of stuff with him and Chris Hemsworth together. They, these are two guys who clearly get along fantastically. Like, they they love each other. So I'm sure there was no meanness intended in Mark Ruffalo's statement. Mark Ruffalo is also very, very keenly aware. I think he's a fabulous Oscar-caliber actor. But Mark Ruffalo is also keenly aware that amongst the pantheon of MCU actors, he's probably one of the lowest in popularity like he knows Hemsworth is way more popular than he is and all that kind of he gets that and he loves it it's whatever so I have no doubt that he's telling the truth when he says you know they need me to save it I'm joking by the way I have no doubt that he was joking okay but joke as it is (laughs) is is there a bit of truth to it because <laughs> I say, <laughs> you say, there is actually a little bit of truth to that. Um, I think left, look, Chris Hemsworth has publicly said many times that one of the reasons he loved doing Ragnarok so much is that Taika Waititi allowed him to do something very different with Thor than he had done previously. And he really enjoys that. But I think really having him on his own, like Thor in the Thor. Yes, Jane was there, but he's had Jane there before. It was really Thor's movie, right? Ragnarok was also Thor's movie, but it was Thor and kind of Hulk, right? I mean, who's the biggest in the poster? Thor's uh, Hulk's the biggest in the poster. And I almost feel like maybe one of the reasons they let the humor 
get away from them a little bit in Thor Love and Thunder was because maybe they didn't have another character to kind of anchor it a little bit more. So I, I would say this. I, if they were to tell me, if, if Kevin Feige were to call me tomorrow and say, hey, we're doing, uh, we're going to do another Thor movie. Should we do it? Should we pair Thor up with another character again? Do you yes. think we should do it with Hulk right or without there. Hulk? And Him despite and the fact that right now we have freaking family barbecue <laughs> Hulk, which I, I hate, hate. I love Mark Ruffalo. I loved Hulk in the first episode of She-Hulk. I did. But I mean, where's the real Hulk? Where's the real Hulk? Where, where is he? Because this family barbecue Hulk is not a Hulk I want to see with Thor. I want to see Hulk, I want to see this Hulk with Thor. That's what I want to see. John, look at the bright side. Do you know the amount of meat Hulk would bring to that barbecue? Everyone's full. Everyone's full. Except he didn't eat it all. Look at that. He's got to what? Eat like (laughs) 40,000 calories a day? Mm. You know what? Side note. um, one, One YouTuber I really like watching every once in a while. I think his name is Comics Explained. Oh, yeah. Um. I was going through, he had a three hour video up of going through the immortal Hulk storyline, right? And I was, I was watching a bunch of immortal, his, his breakdown of immortal Hulk. And it's like, oh, that just makes me miss this Hulk. Like you can do Hulk with a little bit of intelligence, just not the, not just not professor Hulk. I I just, I don't, I don't like family barbecue Hulk. (laughs) That's 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 all. But listen, I so I think there's a little bit of a, a grain <laughs> of truth to it. I think that it's, so. I totally think there's no drama here. I don't think Mark Ruffalo was dead serious about that. I don't think Mark Ruffalo is the kind of guy who would say, "You need me to save your thing." I don't think he believes that at all. But I mean, I just if anything, think, Loki would do better at saving than. I mean, Hulk. yeah. Th- listen, you really, really, I think missed Loki in Thor: Love and Thunder. I get it. They're trying to have Loki doing his own thing now, and I respect that. But I, I, having Loki in there as well yep. uh, is a really good. I love Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston together. But I mean, it, look again. If I were to call me tomorrow and say, "Listen, we're going to have Hulk, Thor, and Loki all together in the next one," I'd say, "Start shooting that thing tomorrow. Go for it. That would be great." But they're at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> then, that before you hang up, he's like, "Wait, John." But they're at a barbecue. It's at a barbecue. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. It's at a barbecue. It's time, man. I'm like, whoa, what's what? Here he greenlit it. We got green it. Ask, I have to ask. Where did this family barbecue come? Were they actually going to yeah. do that? Yeah, that's the fine that's the last scene of She-Hulk oh, where they're okay. having a big family barbecue. And of course, uh. Bruce is is her cousin, so <laughs> Bruce shows up at family barbecue. I thought it was because he had like the shirt on that you assumed they're. I still. Oh no, they were there. I, I still have a suspicion though that they are nerfing him so much to give us to make us feel like oh he's got this guy so under control, he's at, he's showing up at family barbecues just for the juxtaposition when he loses control, which would and it, be and it gets insane. Bad. Listen, listen, hear me, hear me, people of the movie sphere. If if they do, say, use all of this gentle, kind family barbecue Hulk, <laughs> the Mr. Rogers Hulk, as just a big setup for a world breaker Hulk, for a world war Hulk, if they do all that where, like, listen, we know in the comics, and, and I don't think they're going to follow this way in the in the movies. But we know in the comics, one of the things, this is just one of the elements, but the death of Hulk's son 
is one of the things that triggers the events of World War Hulk. Choked on a rib at the barbecue. <laughs> I told you. If it like that, that kind of sets it up. If, if they use all this happy nappy time Hulk just to set up a breaking of that Hulk to where he breaks and becomes more enraged than ever before, I for one will like I will set I will send a box of Krispy Kreme donuts to Kevin Feige's house. I've, and, uh, and, so you're saying in wrestling terms, this is a work. If it's if it's a work, if it's, I don't think it is, but if it's a work just to set I'll, up Bruce losing his mind, it, it'll be a you, it'll be a brilliant move. You know I how much I, I made a oh, wrestling term, yeah. and it, you know how much like same with Superman. I I I'm not too that big of a fan of the Hulk because he's overpowered. I think he kicks all the heroes I like's asses. But if this were to happen, I would be all for it. I, it would be insane. Hey, listen, just... who they bring into the, who? Who's the whisper saying they're bringing into the MCU? Oh yeah, I know, I know. But, 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 but who is it? <laughs> who is it? Sentry, right? <laughs> that guy right behind you. Who's the one guy in World War Hulk that had to go? That went toe to toe with Hulk. I would love. Again, I, I, I'm not saying it's what they're doing. Yes, I don't you, believe they're are. doing it. We yeah, are. You are. We I don't are. believe we they're are. doing it. I'm just saying, if they did, how did the, this Thor topic become a Hulk talk? And I'm not sure. But if they did, I'm just saying it would be mind blowing. Look, you you put Hulk in Thor. I think I'm all for it. But I think Ruffalo was joking. Anyway, question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Ruffalo's joking that hey, you need to put me in the Thor to save the franchise. There. I mean, he was joking, but was there a kernel of truth? I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below <laughs> and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this show. We were talking a little bit earlier about the new movie Scream, uh, Scream 6 with Jenna Ortega in it. And of course, Jenna Ortega, especially with, I mean, with X, with Wednesday, with Scream 5, I mean, and the, her Saturday Night Live appearance. She is the hot flavor of the month, man. Jenna Ortega mm -hmm. is a hot name right now. And out of nowhere, apparently, like Randy Orton coming in mm -hmm. with the RKO, all of a sudden, they're talking about her being in a Beetlejuice? I thought this thing died. I thought, like, I we've been hearing for years, mm -hmm. years, that Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, all these guys, they were trying to get a Beetlejuice 2 up and going. And every time it looks like it's happening, then it's then it uh, sputters and stalls. Then it looks like it's happening, then it sputters and it stalls. And there were some reports recently, like with Norman Ryder saying, no, 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 we're going to do it. But then nothing, we don't hear anything. Well, now we got something. Because according to reports, they're looking at, they're in negotiations right now with Jenna Ortega to play one of the lead roles in the upcoming Beetlejuice 2. Uh, this comes to us from Screen Rant, who's recording The Hollywood Reporter saying, per The Hollywood Reporter, Jenna Ortega is circling a major role in Beetlejuice 2. While nothing is official just yet, there is a tentative production start date of late May? That, that means all the pre-production on this thing is done. Like, they're ready to roll and start shooting, rolling cameras in a couple of months. Uh, late May or early June, dependent on the budget being settled. If she gets cast, it is said that Jenna will play the daughter of Winona Ryder's character. Keaton and Burton are both uh, expected to return for Beetlejuice 2 as well. All right. This is one of those, I'm going to admit, Beetlejuice is one of those beloved films that I do not hold in as high esteem as many of my friends do. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I like Beetlejuice. I've always liked, I grew up watching Beetlejuice. I, I like the movie. I do. 
I, I don't consider it to be like one of the classics as a lot of the, the friends I have do, but I enjoy it. And while Michael Keaton is immortal, I, I, I've never felt an itch. Like I've never felt the need that they need to go back and do Beetlejuice too, but they have been persistent with this. And even though I've never really seen the point of doing a Beetlejuice 2, the reality is whenever Beetlejuice 2 gets talked about, I feel a lot of excitement from a lot of the segments of the movie fandom. So they're clearly onto something here. If they could add Jenna Ortega to this, it's brilliant casting. I mean, right now, adding Jenna Ortega to just about anything is pretty pretty brilliant. Right. But I totally buy her as Winona Ryder's daughter from the first movie. I totally buy that. Like that that's that's inspired casting. I could totally see it. So while I'm not I'm not gonna pretend to have a lot of enthusiasm for Beetlejuice 2, but it's interesting adding Jenna Ortega would be great. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna take a wild guess because I honestly do not know the answer to this. But I'm gonna guess that Taylor is a Beetlejuice fan. Oh yeah. Okay, I figured. You <laughs> yeah. you like the casting of you like the idea oh, of Jenna Ortega joining this? I do. Jenna Ortega is a scream queen. She's this generation scream scream queen, you guys. And adding her to Beetlejuice 2, as long as they bring back Catherine O'Hara, I'll be so bummed if they don't bring her back. But to see the two of them interact, to see Beetlejuice. I love the original. It came out before I was born, but I love it. It's one of the first movies I remember watching on VHS as a kid. Oh, Michael Keaton coming back, Tim Burton coming back. Just how can you not? And with the rise of her fame from from Wednesday to Scream to this, like, I just think it's perfect casting. And I really, really hope this comes to fruition. She's on fire right yeah. now. She's the, she's the, if, if, if there's a part for her, you get her. To make sure your movie like does well. You know what? I, I wasn't a fan of Be- Beetlejuice. I think some parts actually scared me when I was a kid. Oh, sure. The reason yeah. why I like, or I, can't, I, I would watch it is because that intro, because of the little miniature set, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, since I love toys so much, I would always watch that. And then I'd find out, oh, no, it's Beetlejuice. And I'll turn it to Jen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Like you're talking about, like, Jenna Ortega is on fire right now. I remember it was not that long ago. Where like somebody would be the hot actor or the hot actress right now, and they would be that for a year and a half, two years, and maybe somebody else. I feel like who is the hot name right now changes every three months yeah. right now. Because go back to uh, uh, Queen's Gambit. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Aaron Taylor Joy or, or uh, oh, Anya, Anya. Anya yeah. Taylor Joy, right? For sure. For 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 a window of time there, she was like ruling the world, and now you got Yelena. Um, oh, uh, What's that? Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Florence Pugh is then like the person ruling everything, like the hottest name going right now. And now it's kind of very quickly shifted to Jenna Ortega. That that was Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin as the as the couple in the original Beetlejuice, right? Uh, no, Alec no, no, Baldwin no, 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 for sure. It was the girl from, wasn't it the lady? And from? yeah, Gina Davis. It was Gina was. Davis oh, and Gina, Alec Baldwin. Okay. I wonder if they'll let his character have a gun in this movie. Maybe. Ooh, too soon. What? Anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway, guys. Oh, boy. Question is for you. Do you like the idea of them doing a Beetlejuice 2? I will admit my interest in this goes up quite a bit with the talk of Jenna Ortega playing Winona Ryder's daughter. I think that's inspired casting. What do you guys think about this? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into our next one here, shall we? And that one is this. Listen. One of the movies... That if you'd asked me a year ago, did I have a lot of high hopes for it? Did I think it was going to be all that big? 
would have been Mario Brothers, to which I probably would have said, no, probably not going to be all that big. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, but whatever. But the marketing campaign for it, seeing the people getting out there uh, to Super Mario World that's open at Universal Park now, every time I'm in a movie theater and that Mario trailer plays, gets that becomes the trailer that gets the biggest pop. Now, your audiences may be different, but every audience I've been in a movie with where a Mario trailer is played, that trailer is the one that gets the audience buzzing the most and most excited about. As a matter of fact, last night going to see Scream 6, I went out to get some popcorn and they were advertising this special Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers bucket that you could buy. And I inquired about it and they say, yeah, we started selling them today. They sold out in hours. Huh. They're gone. They sold out. People are excited about this. I am predicting, and I change. I can change my mind after I see the movie. I'm, but right now, my prediction, just a guess, is that Mario Brothers will be the biggest movie of 2023. I think it'll gross more than Fast 10. I think it'll gross more than Indiana Jones. I think it's going to gross more than any Marvel film this year. I think if you don't believe there's a chance that could happen, I think you are under-evaluating under or evaluating this property. Now, they dropped what they are calling the final trailer for Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that came out today. The news dropped that they put out the new Mario Brothers trailer, the final Mario Brothers trailer, and it is wonderful. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I watched this with a huge grin on my face. I watched a bit of it with Anne this morning, who started tearing up. She was so happy watching it. I love the fact that that's one of my favorite carts. No, that's the cart I use when I play Mario Kart right there. They emphasize the a lot. Of, they, they emphasized a lot of Mario Kart in this game. A lot of the game sound effects they dropped in there, which is perfect. Like even just Mario's like, what was it? <laughs> like was just in there. We just felt so good. And I'll tell you, even the, the humor style of that adorable little star puffy thing, the only way out is the sweet release of death. <laughs> like, and everybody else in the they're going, whoa. I, listen, I'm telling you what, maybe the movie's garbage. Maybe the movie is absolute, complete tripe. Maybe it is. But if the movie has the same spirit of the trailers and it has that kind of humor and that kind of spirit about it throughout the whole thing, I, I think we're in for a real winner. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I love this trailer. I loved the trailer. Anyway, Ray, literally three minutes before the show started today, you watched this. You were like, oh, I haven't seen this Mario trailer. What did you think about it? Is it? I can't. I, it's, I'm super excited for this movie. I, I love the trailer. The Mario Kart scene was, was really took me back. The thing I wanted to touch on was your billion, the highest grossing movie yes. of the year thing. Oh, yes. A part of me would agree with you, but the pro I don't know how much the younger generation is into Mario. They love it. They love it. So I don't have that 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 sort of uh, yeah. feel. Because when it. I went to when Ann and I went to Super Nintendo World at uh, at Universal, kids. But first of all, first this is literally this is the first video game property that is truly multi generational, because you had you had grandparents there with their kids and their grandkids all of whom played some generation of mario game and, and, and it it's looks nuts like, yeah it's yeah, but, incredible but even even kids like really young kids are still playing the 8-bit version on switch 
Oh yeah. So. Uh, like my friends who have kids, their kids all play Mario games. And all play looks, Mario games. It looks like this movie is going to touch on every single part of the Mario universe. I mean, we saw an angle in this trailer, side the side view where Donkey Kong and Mario or is that Diddy Kong? I don't know which one it is. They're 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 going through the the actual, you know, level or course, whatever. Right. I I found that part really cool. There's going to be some cool animated like stuff in here like stuff that we haven't seen before and the animation looks great by the way good. like just, it just really looks great and was luigi in the last trailer i can't remember because this is like yes the first time I... yes yeah luigi's been in the other trailers oh, okay because i didn't notice him as remember much they as did I that did. one trailer which like why do you think i know the guy just because he's a plumber and has his italian accent and has a mustache and a hat with the first letter of his name <laughs> oh, on it remember right, right. that was that was luigi oh, okay. in so i i tell you great. what i thought this was great i think this movie is good. That was the bucket. I think this movie is going to be huge. Absolutely huge. Now, again, that all depends on if it's any good or not. So we'll see because we're going to see it. What, when does it come out, Taylor? Uh, I think it's April. It was April 7th, but then because Moved it was it Good fifth? Friday, it's that Wednesday. Oh, and, and they're doing something which no films do anymore. Now, we all know that the day they say a movie comes out, it actually comes out the day before. Right, Thursday. So night. like, like today is the official release day for sixty five and Scream Six, but it actually came out last night. It's always the day before. But here's what very few movies do anymore. Not only is Mario now obviously coming out the day before, it's going to come out at twelve oh one a.m. the day before. I were there. There's we bought no our tickets. Way. That the and and was sitting down There's with um. As we were watching 65, and, like getting ready to watch 65, Anne's on her phone because the movie hadn't started yet. That show is going to be crap the next day. 12. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be tired the next day. We're going to be tired the next oh, day. Tuesday but Anne bought our tickets as we were sitting okay. there. It's like there's a 12.01 a.m. screening of it. The, the previous thing, we're like, buy them. Here's one question we're for psyched. you. psyched. Over, under, 100%. <laughs> and... Dresses up. As I literally, Mario yeah, I was going to say that. She's oh. playing cosplaying, right? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I, I kid you not. We got home. Uh, or, well, it was after the, she woke up this morning because it was kind of late when we got home. She got up this morning. She was Liddy because you guys know my wife Anne does a ton of cosplay. She actually has her own Instagram account called Anne Cosplays. But her favorite thing is Luigi. She dresses. She has like four different Luigi outfits, and so she was going through the stuff this morning, like looking, pulling out her various Luigi. <laughs> thing. And then the conversation in the car on the way home is. You're going to dress as Toad. No, honey, I'm not dressing yes, as Toad. Yes, you have to. Oh, I'm not have... dressing as Toad. You're dressing as Toad. Now, usually she wins these arguments. So you'll probably see me in a Toad hat of some sorts. I don't know. You, you have to fully commit and shave your head. <laughs> Taylor, you want... We don't need Taylor for the rest of the show. Okay, think. look, you got to understand. <laughs> My wife watches the show. And, and you're going to go for that. If you just put this idea in her head, you fucking just lost your job. <laughs> manscaped. Uh, manscaped. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it's gonna be so good, man. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited for this. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the new Mario trailer? I think it's absolutely fantastic. Did you see it? Did you like it? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're not looking forward to the movie at all. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's get into our final main topic here today, shall we? And that one is this. With Bob Iger returning, Big Papa Iger coming back to lead Disney again, he's the CEO again, we've already seen that he has a couple of things in mind, a couple of things that he's doing. 
including he's reining back the sheer amount of content that Marvel's been trying to put out, which I have been saying for a long time is absolutely something they've needed to do. They have been stretching Kevin Feige far too thin, and the less and less Kevin Feige can have direct quality control over the stuff that's coming out of Marvel, we've been seeing the quality of Marvel product. Hey, a lot of it is still very good. A lot of it is still stuff I love. But overall, the quality of the product has dropped. And Bob Iger coming back in and saying we're going to reduce the sheer cont- the sheer amount of stuff that we're producing, which I think is a good move. There's no need to be putting out eight different things a year. There's just no need to do that. So there's that. Now, we've all also expected a few other changes, but Bob Iger on a call the other day at a big uh, sort of convention at the Morgan Stanley Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference, mm-hmm. Bob Iger was asked about the status of Marvel and Star Wars and things like that. Now, on the Star Wars side, he said, look, we're still being very cautious because we hit a couple of bumps in the road. The solo movie was was the lowest performing Star Wars movie of all time, even though it ended up being a pretty good movie. And obviously the reaction that a lot of us, including me, had to The Rise of Skywalker, which is as bad as the prequel trilogy, probably one of the... I would even say it's worse than uh, Return of the... or uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, Not as bad as, say, Phantom Menace, or definitely not as bad as Attack of the Clones, but still one of the worst Star Wars movies they ever made. It's just awful. So he said, we're still being very, very cautious about that. But he said a couple of interesting things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And and he said this. He said, with Marvel, he said, there are 7,000 characters. We're reading up up here. There are 7,000 characters. There are a lot more stories to tell. What we have to look at, at Marvel, is not necessarily the volume of Marvel stories we're telling, but how many times we go back to the well on certain characters. Sequels typically work well for us, but do you need a third and fourth film for an individual character, for instance? Or is it time to turn to other characters? All right. First of all, everybody knows I idolize big Papa Iger. I idolize idolize Iger. He is the best, you know, entertainment executive uh, in the world. He's just the best. <laughs> Simply the best. But. Right. that a Yelp review? <laughs> it's a Yelp review. I had a fabulous experience with Bob Iger. Highly recommend. But I couldn't disagree with him more on this. Ooh. Um, now, look, you don't go back to the well just for the sake of going back to the well. You want, like any movie, you want, whether it's an original or like a first time out with the, with a character or your fourth, fifth, or sixth film with the character, you still want to apply stringent, harsh quality control stuff that Marvel's been lacking the last number of years. You can't just expect to do... Thor 4 and just expect it to be great. You got to approach Thor 4 as if you were doing Thor 1 or as if you were doing Iron Man 1 or as if you were doing Captain America 1. You got to approach it with the same stringent quality control stuff. And if you do that, and if you do it well, these characters become beloved. And we want to go back. Guess what? James Bond has been kicking at it for what? 50 something years? 
60 something years? I don't even know how long James Bond's been around. <laughs> Since the 60s. <laughs> but nobody's like, move on to the next character. No, we all want more James Bond. We want better James Bond, but we all want more James Bond. Like when we are watching Daredevil, guess what? In one season, let's say the, ep- the seasons were 10 episodes, people are tuning in to watch Daredevil 10 times a year. 30 times over three seasons, and they're getting ready to do an 18 season, an 18 episode season. We will go back to these characters again and again and again, as long as you keep making them good. The problem isn't that you're going back to the well for a third or fourth time. The problem is that at some point you're starting to rest on your laurels and not applying the same active, intense scrutiny to your quality control that you used to do at Marvel. The problem with Thor 4 wasn't that it was the fourth film of the Thor franchise. The problem was it wasn't as well made of a movie. Whether it was the first film, second film, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth. And I would also suggest that this massive influx of new characters, and you need to have new blood, right? You need to have new blood. I love that we've got Ms. Marvel. I love that we have Shang-Chi. I'm very excited about Blade coming in. But if you just try to do sweep the decks, bringing everybody and and all the fans are just going to be the same because people aren't fans of characters. They're just fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're going to find out real quick that that's not true. There is a philosophy out there that people are not necessarily fans of the characters in the MCU. They're just fans of the MCU. And whatever characters you have in there, it'll work. You're in for a rude awakening if you think that. Because it is the characters that make people fall in love with the MCU. That's what makes it work. Is the characters. Everything. Rob also always talks about getting... It's about characters. It's about characters. It's about characters. You develop these great characters and you have a lot of them. And you should be peppering in new ones here and there. And sometimes you need to recycle out the older ones. I get that. But I think one of the weaknesses of the newest phase is the fact that they've gone so heavy into just bringing in the new. Screw Hawkeye, here's little girl Hawkeye. Screw Captain America, now Sam is Captain America. Forget uh, what's some of the other, forget Family Picnic Hulk. Here's Bull Cut Hulk. Yes. He's eating, man. Can you not bother him? He's yes. eating. Here's, here's Bull Cut Hulk. Forget, that, like it's just, they've been throwing so much new like so much new, and I love new, but you, you throw so much new at it. That's like, well, this isn't the thing that I've been following all this time anymore. Well, it's not really even new. It's like derivative. Mm-hmm. A lot of derivative. And, you know, I've got to think about derivative. But listen to this. He also goes on um, to talk about, maybe if I spelt it right, give me a second. Uh, yeah. He also went on to talk about this. He talks about what can we expect from the new Avengers? And I'm not going to lie to you. This comment worries me. He says, there's nothing in any way inherently off in terms of the Marvel brand. I disagree with him. I think there is. And we've talked about the over overproduction, lack of quality control. And I think he's addre- I think Bob Iger is wisely addressing both of those. But anyway, he says, there's nothing uh, in any way inherently off in terms of Marvel. Again, I disagree. I, uh, Iger su- suggests, but... I think we just have to look at what characters and stories we're mining. If you look at the trajectory of Marvel in the next five years, 
there will be a lot of newness. We are going to turn back to the Avengers franchise with a whole new set of Avengers. Whole new world. A whole new world. Oh my God, people Bryson came into this. (laughs) A whole, I want to emphasize these words here. Whole new set of Avengers. Now, obviously he's talking about Kang Dynasty. He's talking about Avengers Secret Wars. And there's different ways to interpret what he's saying here. But when he says, uh, for example, we got a lot of news. For instance, we're going to have a whole new set of Avengers. Now, maybe that was just a figure of speech. It's saying, hey, there's some new Avengers. We got, we got like when we just have a couple of new Avengers, say, hey, we got a, a whole new set of Avengers. That doesn't necessarily mean it's all new Avengers. But the way he said it, and I heard the audio recording, and again, this is just interpretive. I, I, I could be off of, I hope I'm wrong about this. But the way he said it, it sounded to me like you're saying, no, it is like, hey, all the Avengers who were on the team before, no, no. It's all new Avengers. All new. And I'm not going to lie to you. That, that kind of worries me. I, I think that is kind of missing one of the key elements of what makes the MCU so successful and so long-term is that you have your roots in these characters that people love to follow. People follow characters. They don't follow franchises. There's obviously exceptions to that. Of course, of course there are. People love their characters. And I mean, there's a reason why when Spider-Man No Way Home came out and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man repopped out, everybody got super excited. It was already Spider-Man. The movie was already Spider-Man. People lost their minds because these characters, the Andrew Garfield Peter Parker, the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker, them coming into this universe made people lose their minds. And of course they did. Because we follow characters. We love characters. We get attached to characters. And while I do not believe that you should just keep recycling the same thing over and over again, in the midst of transitions and in the midst of trying to bring in new things, you don't abandon the things that are your roots. And I worry a little bit that maybe their trajectory is a little too much of a overall wholesale transition from getting rid of the things and the characters we've all loved and now we're not. Again, this is just my fear, right? This is just what I'm worried about. Whether or not they're going in that direction, whether or not they are actually he- heading for a wholesale reshuffling of the deck and all that kind of stuff, we'll wait to find out. Maybe they're not, and I hope they're not. So this is just my worries speaking. This is just my my fears speaking, my anxieties about the MCU speaking. But we'll see where they go from there. Guys, question is for you. How did you interpret what Bob Iger saying? A couple interesting things about Marvel saying, ah, we don't really need third and fourth installments. Really? If you find characters that really resonate with the audience, you don't want to go, it seems to have worked, uh, or saying that the next iteration of the Avengers is going to be a whole new set of Avengers. Good idea, bad idea. Maybe you think it's exactly what Marvel needs right now. Maybe you're like me and that makes you feel a little bit anxious. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down... Let's now go over and start taking your live comments and questions. We're going to open up the Super Chats here and spend the rest of our afternoon here talking to you guys and hearing from you guys and taking your comments and questions. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank one of the sponsors of our videos, Ryan Reynolds' own 
and my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. You guys know I made the switch over to Mint Mobile a while ago. The process couldn't have been easier and I can't believe that I am spending less than a third of what I was spending on one of the other major carriers before. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia that's mintmobile.com slash campia cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends over at mint mobile for being the best mobile service provider i've ever had and of course for being a sponsor of the john campia show what are you guys doing if you're not using mint mobile go and check them out the links are down below all right guys with that down, I said we're spending the rest of our time taking your comments and questions. You guys have been flooding them in. So let's check out, see what we got. Jonathan, what do we got? All right, we got Chris Miner with a WrestleMania question. Are you going to WrestleMania since it'll be in LA? If not, this is the one to go to because the Bloodline story has been the best one that WWE has done in years, probably since Austin versus Vince. Uh, Ray, myself, and Ann are going to WrestleMania this year. We're going to go for the Sunday, the, the big event. I have no idea what the Bloodline is. I, I have no idea what that uh, is. All I got to say is I absolutely agree. This Bloodline storyline is the best they've come up with in a long time. And who's I think even... Who in the bloodline story. It's just this long ongoing thing where Sami Zayn is tagging along with I uh, love Roman Sami Zayn. Good Canadian kid. And it's just kid, been hilarious way. at times, very sad at times, and it's just all coming to a, a, a close, I think, at WrestleMania. All right, is, so yep, we will be there. We're looking forward to it too. Yep. All right, what's next? All right, Fal Fault in Our Death Stars has a three-parter. I located them already. One of three, Dean Winchester came back in Winchester season, uh, season one finale, not as a narrator, but as an integral supporting character to season one. This show actually takes uh, do, 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 place do. in an alternate universe that Dean came upon uh, on his drive to he in heaven after he died in SPN's finale. Looking for a universe where his parents have, this is right up here, uh, a happier ending. Bobby and Jack, the new God, came back a bit. Entire show is mid, but it was great to spend time with Dean for seven minutes in its season one finale. You know, listen, I'm a I'm a big fan of Supernatural. I, I was a little bit late to the Supernatural party, but for a decade, it became event scheduled television for me. I, I always loved watching the new episodes of Supernatural. And it wasn't so much about the story of Supernatural, although the story of Supernatural was very strong for, for certain seasons. I just loved hanging out with the Winchester boys. And I loved hanging out with Castiel. And I loved hanging out with Crowley. I, Crowley, I think, was probably my favorite character in that show. But uh, And Bobby. And I just missed it. But I'll tell you what. The previews of... What is the name of the spinoff show? The Winchesters. The Winchesters. Mm -hmm. Just the previews for it turned yeah. me off. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to sully my, my, <laughs> my memory of this show. So I didn't even bother watching. And I'll be honest with you. Dean showing up for seven minutes is 
probably not enough to get me to try to check out the show. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, anybody who does watch it and likes it, big thumbs up. I'm I'm just going to keep that separate and just keep my supernatural. <laughs> I mean, you could probably just watch that clip on YouTube. Yeah, and I'll probably, just, I, you know what? I probably now will do that. I'll probably go look up the clip. All right, what's next? Like right now. <laughs> All right, Selma McShave writes, Cape Crusader wouldn't have added many new subs to HBO. WB probably uh, got a big check for something that wouldn't have given any added revenue on HBO. 100%. Listen, they did the research on their network. They know what gets watched and what doesn't and what draws in new subscribers and what does not. Fact of the matter is, Batman Cape Crusaders was not going to draw in new subscribers to HBO. And what they do, brilliant. They're getting big checks from Amazon to have the rights to put it to make it an Amazon series, and they're having their own character be advertised for free on a com competitor's network. It's a it's a win win. I think it's going to be a win for Amazon. I think it's a win for Warner Brothers. So I think it worked out well for everybody. So I think Disney needs, needs to do some of the similar things with their R rated stuff or whatever. I I listen how they're going to start incorporating that with Hulu if they sell Hulu. That's going to be a really interesting yeah. thing to watch. All right, what's next? All right, uh, Benjigator23 writes, seeing the Jay Lawrence trailer, I miss raunchy comedies. Why aren't many of these uh, made more like Hangover, Super Bad, the other frat pack ones? I, I think part, there's, two, there's it's a double-edged sword. On, on the one hand, they haven't had great success, yeah. right? They There hasn't been one. I, I'm trying to remember the last they had, like, really- like the Bad Moms or something like that. Uh, listen, I liked Bad yeah, Moms. I, I didn't think it was bad either. I, I liked Bad Moms. I thought that one was pretty good, but- the ones that have been, I honestly can't remember the last great straight up comedy I watched. I just can't remember. Maybe it wasn't that long ago, but I just, I honestly don't remember. So it's very difficult to make a great comedy, man. Cause just having a character go, fuck, that's not right. funny. You know, what's going to be a good comedy. What's that? I hope Strays, baby. Oh, Strays looks funny. <laughs> Strays looks the, the Will Ferrell one about the dogs. That looks freaking hilarious. But I'll tell you what. This, uh, what is the name of the new Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, hard, no, no hard feelings. feelings. No hard feelings. Yeah. This looks really funny. Uh, so again, it's a combination of it's really hard to make great comedy. So they're few and far between. Uh, they don't have the box office response that a lot of the older ones did. So hopefully this movie, I mean, we've had a couple of big standout hits like Trainwreck. Was out, that was but that's like a ago. decade ago now. Yeah. So I, I, I'm ready for a great resurgence of really great kind of raunchy comedies that are good. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, Danito writes, I think Nintendo Illumination are sitting on a gold mine uh, with a Nintendo Cinematic Universe that could rival the MCU. Mario needs to be great, though. Here's the thing. They got to resist the urge to go too far. Like, what I hope does not happen, <clears throat> I hope they steward this well. Because what I don't want to have happen is like this Mario movie, let's say it's great. And it makes like 1.2 billion or something. I don't know. I don't want to see an announcement. Illumination Nintendo signed 23 project deal. We're over the next three years. We're going to have seven animated shows and six this and six that. It's like, man, cultivate this thing. Make one movie this year. Maybe make another movie 18 months from now. Then maybe have one movie a year. Then maybe sprinkle in a show. Like just... This could be huge as long as they don't oversaturate it and dilute it really quick, because that's always the temptation with these studios. And don't announce Excite Bike, the animated movie. Don't announce <laughs> yeah, man. the only I other love one. Excite Bike. Yeah, I love it too. The only other one I would probably allow, because I have all say in this world, is the a Zelda animated mm -hmm. thing. And oh, that yeah. would be that would, Oh, they gotta I would, do I, Zelda. I would want that to be 
far from the Super Mario. Like, I want it to be more of a serious tone. Well, Zelda. especially when you look at Breath of the Wild, right, right, right. and they got the sequel to Breath of the Wild coming out. I mean, that's that's one to do. By the way, with Excite Bike, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the first game I remember that you could actually make your own course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could. Like, I, I remember an Excite Bike you could put in your own, but I don't yeah. remember another game where you could make your own paths or make your own board or make your own course. I think that was the first game I remember and, you and, could do that. And how many of those little bumpy bumps did you put in a row? Oh, a lot. I did the a whole lot. course of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I used to do? I, as the opponents would get behind like behind me, I'd hit their thing and make them flip. Oh. You could actually put those me. little oil slicks, right, Jonathan? Yeah, you yeah. put those little oil slicks. Those are the oh, worst. I love that game when I was a kid. You, could, you, know, right. you joke about Excite Bike, but they could do a Lego movie-esque type of thing where they appear as well. Chris you know. Pratt would be yeah that mix lead. a little Lego movie <laughs> yeah. with uh, Speed Racer. You got Excite Bike. There you yeah. go. All right, what's next? All right, I'm in rights. Uh, will you do an Oscars live stream watch along? I haven't decided yet. Um, maybe it depends because like we have some friends coming over and I. Not everybody wants to be on camera. Not everybody wants to be on live stream, and not everybody wants to be careful about what they say or don't say because John's got his mic's hot and the camera's rolling. So right. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> Especially if I have to be at the Aussie. Yeah, we're not. That's yeah, so I uh, let's just say right now I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> at the very minimum, I'll do like a post-show wrap-up thing, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right, what's next? Yeah, right. All right. All right, Jeff. It's, Constantine, Constantine is a greatly underrated movie. They're working on a sequel finally, and Keanu Gunn are all in it, it seems. I'm hoping this uh, for this big time. Do you? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not tremendously interested in it. I I don't think Constantine is underrated. I think it's rated exactly where it should be. <laughs> you know, not not bad, not bad. But like, there's a reason it fell out of everybody's memory. And and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that everybody that so many people would be as excited about a new Constantine if it wasn't the fact that Keanu Reeves himself had a big resurgence. Because there are a lot of years I heard nobody talking about that Constantine yeah. movie. I mean, look, I'm just, I'm just spouting facts here. Like that, that's the reality. Like it was okay. Many years, I never heard anybody talk about it. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think Rob and I are both in agreement on this. I don't, I actually don't think this movie's going to happen. Again, that's not me saying I've got insider information. No, 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 no. It very well could. This is just me speculating wildly, like we fans do. I'm just speculating. Um, I, I don't, I don't think this movie's actually going to happen. But maybe it does, and if it does, maybe it's awesome, and I hope that it is. All right, what's next? All right, just a sub thirty-two writes with the Oscars receiving its second lowest viewership in twenty twenty-two. Do you think we'll see an increase, decrease, or about the same viewership this year? You're going to see an increase this year because mm -hmm. there's movies. Yeah, big first of all, because there's actual a, a, a good catalog of movies. You have several very big movies up from Avatar, Top Gun Maverick. And these are films that are up for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Um, it's it's going to be up this year. Now, I'm not saying it's going to go back to 2017 ratings overnight, but the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic, not to mention, they were coming off last year, they were coming off an Academy Awards they never even should have held. The one in that freaking train station. The slap? Like they no well that's then that's that's her, I they and listen yeah so no you're gonna see the ratings go but here's the funny thing here's the funny thing about the ratings of the Oscars, even though they the last especially the last couple of years they've just been toileted, they're still the most non sports they're the most watched things on the in the world it's the most watched 
thing, even when it's at its lowest, it is up there as the most watched thing of the year. So, but I do think you're going to see the ratings go up, not hugely up, but I think you're going to see them go up and then continue on a trend that way for the next little bit at any rate. All right, what's next? All right, we got this from Zeos or Zeos. That, by the way, that's who won our game today, Ray. That, that's the spelling of it right there. Oh, I thought oh. it was our bootloop snacks. No, that that was oh wait, sir, was that yeah bootleg bootleg snacks? I think one with Ray. Oh, bootloop, bootloop. Well, <laughs> oh, you're right, bootloop. you're right. Zeos was was represented by Taylor. <laughs> bootleg Uh-oh. snacks was our winner. Uh oh, you're right. Sorry wait. about that. Yes, well, bootleg we'll snacks is your winner. Right. <laughs> uh. All right, what's next? Okay. So anyway, they write, hey, Sean and crew, what if they do Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe to reset the MCU? Nope, they're not doing that. Yeah, that, that'll never happen. Never happened in a million years. It'd be the century. Also, sorry, Taylor lost. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, Taylor lost. <laughs> All right. All right, right uh, any chance Marvel is serpent societying it, uh, us, and maybe put a movie title that is misleading? I mean, they, they've corrected that really quickly. That was like this, no, actually this. Right? Yeah, see, here's the thing. Whenever something like that, so for those of you who don't know what, what he's referring to, going back prior to the launch of Marvel Phase 3, um, there was a movie title placeholder out there called Captain America and the Serpent Society. And it was only the placeholder title for a very short period of time. And then I was there Yep, I was there at the El Capitan, right? El Capitan Theater. Yeah, I was a, there when day. Kevin Feige got on stage and made the full announcement. It was the first time that I was sitting like third row right there. It was Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans came out, and Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman came out incredible. on stage. And uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. each grabbed one of his arms, and they were like pulling a tug-of-war on him. And they announced that instead of Serpent Society... They changed the title. They flipped around. It was Captain America Civil War, right? Here's the problem. Whenever Marvel or any studio does a little something like that, everybody thinks everything coming out could be Mm -hmm. that too. And the reality is that was almost a decade ago. I mean, well, that was like seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago that that announcement was made. So we're talking about almost a decade ago, and they've never done that since. Could that be like, could Kang Dynasty actually be a play? But here's the question. All the biggest, no, most major no. Marvel storylines have been done. Yeah, they've just been pushing it. Like Civil War. That was the one big one that everybody was waiting for. What's the big Marvel storyline everybody's waiting for now that isn't already announced? That they could say, by the way, we were kidding about Kang Dynasty. This is actually. There's no way. Something else. Yeah. I. I don't think they're doing it. No. I mean, it's, it is a possibility. They've done it before, but I, I don't think that well, that was almost a decade ago. I don't think they're doing it. All right. What's next? All right. Joshua Logan writes, I think Disney could pull up, pull off Punisher if they do it right. I mean, the Batman is PG 13. It was pretty brutal in certain scenes. I could, I a hundred percent agree. Listen, you can get away with a lot in PG 13, a lot. So look, if it were up to me, would I rather have a a hard edge, extreme PG-13 as you can go, or an actual R-rated version of Punisher? I, I'll take the R-rated one. But I'm not one of these people who blindly just goes, well, and if it can't be this one, then it's just not worth doing. That's totally wrong. That's totally incorrect. There are definitely ways to do it really well and to do it really right. And again, I thought the best parts of John Bernthal's Punisher 
on Netflix were actually PG parts. Uh, they just happened to turn out. So yeah, they could do it perfectly well. Whether they do do it well or not is another question. We'll see how that turns out. All right, what's next? JCSC asks, could uh, you clear up some confusion for me, John? Who's nominated for the VFX Oscar when so many VFX houses are hired for a movie? So the question becomes, when you see all these movies, when you go watch a movie with a lot of visual effects, because this is a great question, um, you'll often see like 30 visual effects companies get listed. What was the last movie we watched where we watched it and it was so many, like the credits were, oh, Quantumania, Quantumania. Yeah. That was crazy. But, but that's true of all the things, right? Like the reality is there is so much work that needs to go into the visual effects of a movie. No one company can do it. Actually, the visual effects company that I used to work for, all of our work was subcontract work. All of the work in all the movies we worked on was that somebody else got the contract, but they couldn't possibly do all the shots they had to do. So then they would hire us as another company to do so. They were the contractor. We were the subcontractor. Um, and that's why when you see a movie with a decent amount of visual effects, you'll see five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten visual effects companies listed like effects by whatever visual effects. And then all the people from that company that worked on it and then visual effects by this company and all those effects. So the question is when you get a movie that has tons of different visual effects companies have to work on it, who gets the Oscar? Who gets the trophy, baby? Yeah, it's... It, they have I'm, to race in whoever touches it first. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a money in the bank. Yeah. It's a money in the bank. It's, it's a hell... It's a ladder match. Whoever gets to the top of the ladder and, got, no, and grabs the Oscar first. No, it's, it's still in the midst of all that. There is one or one group of people who are the visual effects the supervisors main, of the movie. The, the people one. who are actually in charge and then get those other companies and the, all that kind of stuff. They are the people yeah. who are in charge of the visual effects. They coordinate effects. it all. It's kind of like asking, like, uh, when a movie, there's a thousand people who work on a movie, who goes on stage to accept the Oscar? Well, it's the producers, the actual producers. By the way, we put up our our latest classroom video on what does a producer do. It's up on the channel now. You should go find it. It's, it's We're really happy with it. But they go up and even though there's a thousand people, so even though there are a lot of people who work on the visual effects, there is one group of people, person or a couple of people who are the people in charge of the overall effects for the movie. And those are the ones who get those awards. All right. What's next? All right. A Marcellus. I just want the next Avengers team to have a great rapport like the OG team, but I don't know if that will happen. It's a wait and see game. I mean, here's the thing. They really did build up. Look, I, I, I'm not the type of person who believes that you have to have seven movie buildup before you do a team movie. Guardians of the Galaxy, I say this all the time. Guardians of the Galaxy did not need a Groot movie and then a Rocket movie and then a Gamora movie and then a Drax movie and then a Peter movie and then you do Guardians of the No, they just came right out of the gate. Guardians of the Galaxy. That being said, with Avengers, um, by the time we got to the first Avengers movies, we had... You know, we had gotten to know a lot of these characters and all that kind of stuff, and their chemistry was just freaking instant. They were able to go in there and just be instant. The problem is you don't have actors like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. in there anymore. Can we see Simu Liu as Shang-Chi walk onto a screen with a... I, who can I pull out here I, I i don't know uh like any one of the actors from maybe barry keegan from eternals can we see those two characters come on stream 
on screen and, and instantly have that thing. Because remember that scene in the first Avengers when they're transporting, it's near the beginning of the movie, they're transporting Loki and Thor lands on the thing. And all of a sudden there's this three-way fight in the woods between right. Captain America, Ca uh, Iron Man and Thor. Remember that scene? Mm -hmm. That they instantly, those three characters, those three performers had instant on-screen chemistry. Can we get the same from say, Druig, Simu Liu, and Blade. I don't know. It's but it's it's going to be a very very big piece of the puzzle as to whether this new whole new Avengers team is going to click for us as the audience like the old Avengers team did. All right, what's next? Fault in our Death Stars writes. Can't wait for James Gunn's tweets about how he saw Gotham Knights already and thought it's the pinnacle of DC content before it comes out <laughs> in a few days. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see James Gunn do that. I don't think you're going to see. It's the same reason why I don't think we've seen James Gunn. Listen, I don't. I don't think it's coincidental that James Gunn hasn't put out some tweet saying, "You know what? This Aquaman movie. I watched it. It's so fantastic." He hasn't done that. He's really kind of limited to what well, he said that Shazam is really great, but all the reactions we've seen from Shazam seem to back that up because other people are backing it up. We've seen him say that he thinks The Flash is one of the greatest comic book movies ever. Guess what? We're going to see it in a few weeks. We're going to see it at CinemaCon in Vegas almost two months before it comes out in theaters. And then we'll be able to tell you if he's onto something or not. But he hasn't been doing that for everything DC. So I highly doubt we're going to hear him say that because he doesn't want to lose his credibility uh, with um, with his audience right now. So we'll we'll see. All right. What's next? All right. Peter Cunnington writes, I'm looking forward to seeing champions on the weekend. Uh, I have autism and happy to see a movie with intellectual uh, disabilities. I'll tell you what. I... I had started hearing, because it did, it was the uh, Monday secret screening at Regal. It did its Monday secret screening with Regal. And we heard here on the channel from a number of people that saw that were there, went to the secret screening. It turned out being champions. This is the new one with Woody Harrelson. Right. And every single person who wrote in to tell us about it said, you know what? It was really good. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't all that interested with it because I had a bad experience with Johnny Knoxville's The Ringer. Um no disrespect to Johnny Knoxville. I understand they were trying to be like, I understand what they were trying for that movie to be. It just, it, it felt uncomfortable to me the way they handled it. Um, so I was a little bit not interested in champions, but everybody I've, I've talked to so far who has seen it, it's, it's, it's only been like six or seven people. It's not like 50 people have told me, but every one of them who has seen it has said it's really quite good. So I am now interested in watching this movie. All right, what's next? All right, Jamie Sunday's rights going to see Return of the King in 35 millimeter today at New Beverly Theater. Oh, dude, Good I'll tell you, you what. I wish I had any. You know what I'm doing tonight? I mean, I would love to do that. I would love to see. Oh God, I would love to see one of the greatest movies ever made on the big screen again. But um, Ann and I have tickets tonight to go see Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman. Oh man. Oh yeah, it's tonight. You mentioned that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go out and go watch him tonight. He's doing kind of like an evening with Kevin Smith sort of thing. Where he's gonna be on stage, you know, telling some jokes, telling stories, all that kind of stuff. I love. I mean, and obviously we just saw him in The Last of Us a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm very, very excited about that. Otherwise, I'd be probably going out to go. I'm see assuming that's a theatrical cut tonight at the, oh, the, uh, the New uh, thing. I don't know because that's a lot of that's a lot. The theatrical cut's four hours. So that's no, that, no, no, because that the extended. I mean, sorry, cut, sorry, yeah, not the extended. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I, I'm assuming yeah. it's probably gonna be a theatrical cut. All right, what's next? Well, either way, Jamie, go get some El Coyote across the street when you're done. <laughs> All right, Christian Rohr, uh, what is the Mandalorian's favorite paper towel? Bounty. 
do, do, I'll do, allow do, it. Do. I'll allow it. That, that you was gonna, you really. You're that was not one? bad. Okay. All right. That was not bad. That then was all right. Then all jokes are welcome today. Then obviously. <laughs> Raise the, the harsh critic. Raise the harsh critic today. All right. What's next? <laughs> All right, uh, Dominic Suma writes, I really hope the motivations behind the new Avengers aren't because they don't want to pay the huge salaries for Evans, Hemsworth, RDJ, Reiner, et cetera. I, I, I well, no, I, I can't see it. Now, look, at the same time, you can't live in a world where you just give an actor whatever they want. Like, like look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would love to see Robert Downey. I do believe we're going to see Robert Downey Jr. back in the MCU. No, he's dead. In, in at least final. a cameo kind of way in Secret Wars or something. But, if Robert, I know, and by the way, I'm making this up. This is not true. I'm just saying, if Robert Downey Jr. theoretically says, "I want 120 million for a movie," well, Marvel should say, "Fuck you, no," and and show him his way out the door. And again, I'm not saying Robert Downey Jr. said that at all. By the way, I'm saying you don't just give actors whatever they want because that's not a way you build your business. Because then you do that. All of a sudden, all your other actors are going to feel very undervalued, right? Like if I gave Jonathan the half a million dollar salary a year that he wanted, keep talking. <laughs> I'm listening. Ray and Taylor are going to get start looking at their purchases and going, huh, oh, and start feeling really undervalued. Me and Taylor will just wait outside the door every time Jonathan leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I have Smart. a crowbar in my trunk. <laughs> crowbar. I'm just saying. Like all of a sudden, because <laughs> what you do then, what you do then, because people just, oh, just give them his money. Then all of a sudden, you've insulted all the other performers who work in your franchise. You've just insulted all of them. Like you can't give one person an amount of money that makes everybody else just straight up feel insulted. And like you got to be wise about it. So I, I honestly don't think that has a big part of it. It might have something to do with a little bit, but I don't honestly don't think it's a big part of it. They're making a lot of money. That That's why when you pay actors, you, you need to stop putting the bills and stacks on the table. You just have to buy bags and put them in bags because that's how they pay. Get paid, right? With yes, bags of big money. bags of actual okay. cash. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? Facts. <laughs> CJ Rebirth <laughs> writes, had a great time with Scream 6. Love that Hayden Pe uh, Pe can ever Panettiere yeah. came back because I've uh, missed her in movies. Also. Hope Chris never sees this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this one wouldn't oh, be good. For, no, yeah. They, yeah, for several reasons, this movie would be good for Chris. Listen, I love Hayden, but I, mean, I never watched that country music show she was in. Oh, my God. It was so good. I, I'll take your word for it. It really was. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a dirt on my boots. I'm not, a, I'm not a country music guy, admittedly. It's, 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 hey, no, no disrespect for anybody who's totally into country music. Not everybody's into the stuff that I like either. It's just country music, not for me. So I never bother watching. I will always think of Hayden, though, as uh, Heroes, right? Right? save the cheerleader, mm -hmm. save the world. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm always going to remember her for. But she was quite good in this movie, actually. Yeah, she was great. Dirt on my boots. Anyway, okay, what's next? Jeff. He writes, uh, no worry about the Hulk. What they did when She-Hulk can't be canon because they broke the fourth wall. Uh, fun show, no repercussions to the MCU. You it's canon. keep thinking that way. Yeah, you can think that way if you want, but it is canon. Everything that happened, like maybe the more extreme stuff, like she crawls out of the TV interface of Disney Plus and all that kind of stuff. Like maybe that's canon, maybe that's not, but all the actual events of the show are canon. Hulk has bull cut boy. Hulk has bull cut yeah. boy. Hulk wears Hawaiian shirts. 
That potato salad is canon. Is <laughs> that potato salad is canon? It is. I mean, I, again, <laughs> listen. Rob's had a theory for a while. Uh, he's starting not to believe it himself, but he's had this theory for a while. This is interesting. Like, what happens if we find out that every single movie and TV show we've seen in the MCU during Phase Four, or everything that's happened since Loki, has actually been in its own separate universe? That the universe we saw in Shang-Chi is actually a completely different universe than the one for Moon Knight, which is totally different from the one from Ant-Man Quantumania, which is totally, I mean, then, yeah, all these things could ne not necessarily even be canon, but I, even Rob's not thinking that anymore. It's probably not the case. So, but now everything that happened in She-Hulk is canon. Oh, well. All right. What's next? Nash Preds 99 writes, if you want to, to have a whole new set of Avengers, fine, but give me origin films or stories that make me care about them like we did in the original characters. Listen, I believe you can make us care about a character very, very quickly because I'll tell you what, you know how much time it took for Baby Yoda to become the most beloved character in all of fiction? One scene. 35 seconds of screen time. <laughs> Mandalorian season one, episode one. That's it. He was beloved. Do you know how much, how long it took for Hans Gruber to become considered by many, maybe to be the greatest villain in cinematic history? One movie. That was it. One. Oh, so Did, we just, so didn't we just... need a three film build up origin story. They just brought in Hans Gruber. Hans, Bobby. <laughs> they just had to bring in Hans Gruber. One movie, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Die Hard. Brought him in for one movie, didn't need an origin story, didn't need none of that stuff, and he became what is still considered today by many, almost everybody, at least a top five greatest cinema villain ever. So it's not about how much time, it's about how you use it. It ain't how big, it's how you use it, is basically what I say. It's not about how big the chunk of time that you have on them is how you use that time. Wait, my case is both. On baby taser face. On baby taser face. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Just baby everybody and then we'll love it. What's right. next? Wayne Denny writes, uh, what is going to have more viewers Sunday, Last of Us or Oscars? I think Oscars. Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscars will have the more viewers. Because it'll get both audiences and then they're going to watch The Last of Us. Yeah, people are either going to watch, I mean, listen, the, the numbers that the Oscars get, even in their lowest stuff, is higher than Last of Us. But of, of course it does. I mean, it's, it's the Oscars. Um, but the only question is going to be is like, are you going to watch the Oscars first and then Last of Us, or are you going to watch Last of Us first and then the Oscars? I am watching the Oscars first, but damn, as soon as that broadcast is over, as soon as they hand out that trophy for best picture of the year, probably to everything everywhere all at once, we are then... Gonna, well, Ray's going to bring in the barbecue that he's making in the back. <laughs> and then we're all gathering into the theater room and we're all watching the season finale, Last of Us. Yeah. We're also, watching both. I actually have a crazy prediction for the Oscars. Okay. I will sleep through more of the Oscars <laughs> than probably, Last of Us. There you go. I, I, I am willing. <laughs> I'm willing to buy into that bet. All right. What's next? <laughs> Joshua Logan writes... Uh, what if Lucasfilm <laughs> embraced the literal name Star Wars and made one of film, one of films like uh, Rogue One about wars that take place in the stars? Are sequels trilogies necessary? So does he mean? I think he means like like one offs, but like the war aspect of it. I mean, listen. One of the, I first of all, I love Rogue One. Love, 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 love Rogue One. 
that being said, one of the promises going into Rogue One was we need to have the war. Rogue One's a war film. And while the third act of the film, once they get to, and I can't remember the name of the planet uh, where the Imperial base is, but when they go Tatooine. to, no, yeah, it seems like everything in Star Wars goes back to Tatooine. When they go to that world and that incredible battle sequence, Scarif, goes, isn't it? Scarif, thank you. Wow, it's an incredible sequence. It's fantastic. But even as I look back on Rogue One, and I love Rogue One, it's not really a war film, right? And I thought Rogue Squadron. One of the reasons that we got so excited about Patty Jenkins's announced Rogue Squadron, which is now we now we now know it's scrapped mm. was the promise that we were going to get like a lot of space dogfights. Yes. That's, I mean, I I'm really wanting that a lot. Top gun in space, baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Basically. Exactly. Top gun in space. That's what rogue one could Top be. Gun is star Wars on earth. Is star <laughs> is top gun in space. <laughs> Just follow it now. Follow me here. But, um, but, but was it look, are are the the sequel are sequels necessary? Let me be. I say this all the time, but let me say it again. No film in cinematic history has ever been necessary. No film in cinematic history has ever been necessary. It's what can be good and what can be successful. So, are the more sequels in Star Wars necessary? No, no film is necessary. But they would be very wise to follow up. I like movies that move the story forward, right? Like, I mean, look at, look at what they do with the Rocky franchise. They could have gone back and done a Mickey origin story. Rocky and I eat lightning and crap thunder and do that like with Mickey when he was <laughs> a young back. boxer, right? <laughs> Go back to Mick when he was a young. You could do that. Or they move the story forward. Now we've got Adonis. And for a bit, it's Adonis and Rocky. But now it's just Adonis. Now it's Adonis's world. And they move the story forward. Now that we are post-Skywalker era time to move forward and move forward without ray but they need to move on to different characters star wars is a big universe but move the story forward that's that's what i would like to see all right what's next christopher brickner writes scream 2 has the highest rotten tomato score well last i look at look this up taylor last mm. i saw it was at 80 percent, which ties it for the highest rotten tomato score with scream 1 what's it at right now so we have scream 2 has 82 the original scream oh scream has, 2 had 82 mm -hmm. i thought the first scream with 80 was the highest one but 82 was the highest okay the original scream has 80 and then scream 6 has dropped down for some reason to 78 78 okay mm. so scream 6 uh what did the question say was the highest one two. Uh, scream 2 Oh, oh, they said, I thought they meant Scream 6. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Scream 2 is the highest critically rated one. Uh, I think this one, I think 6 is much better than 2. Personally, that's just me. I think Scream 6 is much better than 2. I think it's my second favorite of the franchise. Anyway, because 5 is my favorite. All right, what's next? All right, Michael Kurtz writes, uh, scroll down a little bit. You talk about Marvel hiring directors who know how to tell great stories, but Peyton Reed and John Watts don't write the scripts. What do you mean by that? I mean, it's the same in all movie making, right? Look, you can have, what's the best way to put this? Most vast, 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 vast majority of movies, the director is not the writer of the film. Writers write the film. But that's just the start. A great script does not mean a great movie. And a bad script does not necessarily mean a bad movie. Because then it gets into the hands of the director. Like, 
the story is important. The storyteller is even more important. Let me say that again, because that was damn profound. The story <laughs> is important, but the storyteller mm-hmm. is way more important. We've all heard people tell the same story, but when this guy told it, it was an okay story. But when that guy told it, it was awesome. It's all about the storyteller. And the better your story is, the better your starting point is, the better chances that you're going to have a best ending product. But the director is the storyteller. And, and don't we get a lot of these fan versions of like scripts, same the same scripts on YouTube where Screw you. we're like, Screw whoa, you. that looks great. Not compared to like the real movie. It's like sort of in that sort of vein, well, yeah, right? Th- yeah, it's a th- person's visual interpretation. Fan of- fiction. I, I think, I think, I think people are overly generous to fan fiction saying, well, that like, I remember that, that, uh, that, uh, Dark Power Mall? Rangers. Oh, like thing that some fans did, like the well-financed fans that actually got some of the original cast in it and all that. Kind of, remember that came out? And people were saying that's better than any movie they could do, and I'm like, no, that was a great fan film. But if that was the actual theatrical film you paid money to go watch, you would not be so generous to it. But, but at any rate, getting right, back right. to the general question here, yeah, I mean that's why the director is the most important person in any movie. Because they are the ones who now have to take with with everything the producer brings to the table and the writers bring to the table, all that kind of stuff. This all now falls into the lap of the director. And the director is now the one that's got to tell this story. Make it better where the story is weak. Accentuate it where the story is great. Um, yeah, that's like the writers are super important. Super important. But at the end of the day, it's the director telling the story. And uh, that's why they're the, the kind of really where the buck stops here, people. All right, what's next? Latino Boy writes, I'm super excited for this new Beetlejuice movie. That that dinner scene with Catherine O'Hara and Jeffrey alone dancing uh, to Harry Belafonte is iconic. I have it saved to my playlist. Oh, it it is. Listen, that scene, I think if anybody put together a like a 20-minute montage of the iconic moments in Hollywood films, that's gonna be in almost all of them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That that one scene is gonna be an absolutely all. That is a one of the great all-time. I'm not the biggest Beetlejuice fan, but that is like one of the all-time most memorable magic movie magic moments ever like it's it's just right up there i totally concur with you on that all right <laughs> i got this next? flashback when that movie came out uh i was on a flight probably i think probably back east to see some family and back then this is the 80s they they would have like a movie screen come down right and they projected on all right you didn't right. have tv screens in the seats and they'd had those like cheap little ear things oh yeah and i was watching it and my i just wanted to show my mom that one scene i'm like mom this is the scene because i can't hear this is the scene this is the scene where they did you wanted to see that like shush 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 just yelling and everyone's trying to sleep on the plane <laughs> all right what's next uh brian stainer uh hey john and crew has anyone seen the peacock show poker face season one ended last night and wow what a great show i'll tell you what i haven't started watching i've been super excited about because it it's a ryan johnson show uh, my wife Ann watched the first two episodes and she said it was really good. So now I am currently trying to get through shrinking because shrinking is fantastic. It's the one with Harrison Forge, Jason Segal, uh, Siegel. It's marvelous. You got to watch shrinking. It's an Apple TV plus show. But as soon as I'm through that, I will go. And by the way, I still got, I still haven't watched Picard's episode four yet, but after that is done, Poker Face is the next one because I'm hearing nothing but absolutely fantastic things about it. And apparently it's been doing really well for Peacock. What's the premise of that show, real quick? She's just, a, my understanding, I remember, I haven't seen an episode yet. It's kind of an anthology show, 
but she's a character who basically almost has like a superpower that she can, it's not a superpower. She just has the ability where she can always tell when somebody's lying. Ah. And it's called Poker Face. And Anne says it's really good. So there we go. All right. What's next? All right. Joshua Logan writes, I can't wait to see She-Hulk and Deadpool share the screen for the first time and look at each other and look at us at the same time and argue who spoke to us first. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is going to let She-Hulk be in anything decent, to be honest with you. Look, look, look. Tatiana Maslany, um, She-Hulk is a great character. Tatiana Maslany is a, a world-class actress. The problems with She-Hulk had nothing to do with her or the character itself. Again, the problem to me with She-Hulk was that it was a comedy that was not funny. And there's nothing worse you can be as a comedy than not funny. Yeah, and the show wasn't funny. Then you'd so, have the Deadpool writers writing her stuff. So it could work. I mean, look, if you had the Deadpool writers writing her stuff, but I don't think they're going to let She-Hulk be rated R. Yeah, no. Although, look, She-Hulk had its moments. She-Hulk had its moments. Like the whole smash jokes, some of those were pretty damn funny. And the stuff with that she did with uh, Daredevil were pretty good. It had its moments, but that's that's why ultimately I didn't like the show. I don't think Ryan Reynolds wants to do one with She-Hulk, but who knows? It could be great if, if the Deadpool writers... Who is it? It's Paul Wernick and who's the other guy? It's Wernick and... David. Um, oh, no, no, no. Who? No, 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 no. It's, it's Paul Wernick or and who's the other guy? The two writers that, that do all, that work so much stuff. Anyway. Uh, Rhett Reese. Rhett, Rhett Reese. Reese, thank you. And Paul Wernick are the writers. If Rhett Reese and Paul <laughs> Wernick were writing She-Hulk, I would suddenly I be very Paul interested. Oh my God. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, get Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick to write the next se season of She-Hulk. Then you, you want to talk about the ability to turn something around real fast? That'll be it. All right, what's next? All right, Donuts wants to know, did you see 80 for Brady? What were your thoughts? You know, it's funny. If oh, no. if you go to Best Buy right now, <laughs> you can actually see Robert Meyer Burnett's take on uh, the special 4K release of 80 for Brady and his thoughts. So check it out. Yeah, uh, four hours of bonus content footage. <laughs> it looks like um, The Bachelor. <laughs> listen, I am a big fan of Tom Brady. I th he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT of GOATs. He's the greatest of all time. I, I no, I, I don't want to watch this movie. I've, oh. <laughs> I did not see 80 for Brady. I'm probably not going to see it, unfortunately. All right, what's next? All right, G-Rags writes, do any of you guys watch Snowfall on FX? No, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Uh -huh. Listen, there are a lot of shows I, I don't get to keep up with. I actually don't get to keep up with a lot of television. I'm just too busy. But I've heard, I've heard Snowfall is now going to its final season. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I've never seen an episode. Any of you guys watch it? No. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, uh they're great at their marketing. Every time like a promo for the straight. show comes up on TV, I my my full attention's on yeah. that. I don't know what it is about the marketing. It might be the music or whatever, but they're doing a good job. Not good enough to get you to watch it. No, because <laughs> I don't know what chat we don't even have FX anymore. Like uh, we, we I mean no 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 no. Where I, <laughs> I see, think that would be if, if it's on FX, that means it's on Hulu, right? Well yeah, yeah. But be, where yeah. I see the commercials is on regular cable. And, uh, Regular ass cable. Ba basic cable actually eliminated a lot more channels. We don't even get A and D It'll or be on FX Hulu. anymore. It'll be on Hulu. Okay. All right, what's next? All right. Amin writes, have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Oscars. Thank you so much, Amin. I, again, my favorite weekend of the year other than Christmas. I look forward to But this Oscars is even better because not only on the, is it Oscar day, it's Last of Us finale day. So a, a lot to look forward to this weekend. All right, what's next? All right. Leonardo Guillen writes, Avengers 8, Young Avengers versus Galactus. But what's what do you do with Galactus again? I I don't understand ever saying versus what. I honestly think Galactus would be the dumbest thing they could do in a movie, because what's 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 any Avengers team going to do against Galactus? Dormammu. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Dormammu, Celestials. Yeah, but 
Like what? What's Hawkeye? Whether it's you know Jeremy Renner Hawkeye or whether it's uh, yeah, I'm right in the eye with an arrow. Uh, what's her name? Uh, that uh, <laughs> Haley Stein. Haley Seinfeld. Yeah. What's Haley? What's Pew, like, what, what are you going to do? If it's the proper Galactus, <laughs> right. what are you going to do? I, Yeah, I, I just don't see what the point of Galactus is, at, at least not in a live-action movie. All right, what's next? Fanjecture writes, remember when Iger said you'll learn how Han Solo gets his name? Uh, we didn't we didn't think it was literal. <laughs> I, I don't think he's talking about metaphors for Avengers. Yeah, because that was straight up. We literally had a scene of how he goes, so you're Han Solo? Like, listen, I, I really like that solo movie. Perfect. That was a little bit of a cringy moment, but I, I really like that solo movie. But yeah, it, it, Iger doesn't seem to speak in metaphors. Like, he usually is quite literal. So we'll we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough if that's true, but you might be onto something there, Fanjecture. All right, what's next? Cal Schneider writes, Disney hasn't followed up with Elemental since that teaser, and it's only three months away. I'm curious to see more, but... Now I'm getting worried. No. I, again, I, I always, listen, I always got to kind of show, what is the actual release date for, for Elemental? I'll look right now. Um, but I always kind of giggle whenever I hear anybody say, this trailer, another trailer hasn't come out. I'm getting worried. Anyway, when does it come out? It comes out on June 16th. So, so we're April, May, June. So yeah, we're, we are over three months away still from that movie coming out. I, I, no. They don't want any of that Mario smoke right now. Come on. I mean, yeah, listen, they're, they're Maybe focusing on different Mario. things. They are going to have a marketing campaign for this thing. What honestly, I honestly, I'm okay with trailers that come out within five months, unless it's a major tentpole project to me, like a Justice League, a Superman, an Avengers, a new Star Wars proper movie. I honestly don't see the purpose of putting out a trailer outside of three months. I, I just don't see it. Like twelve weeks, like. People will forget all about it. I So for the bigger movies, yeah, four months, five months out, maybe. But I just don't see the purpose of putting out trailers much further ahead of it than that for most movies. So I, I'm not worried about it at all. Or, or you could put out no trailer for me like John Wick did. John Wick did put I, out a trailer. I know, but I didn't, I didn't watch it. I didn't see it anywhere. But do you know how, you know how far in advance the first John Wick trailer came out? Oh. One month. Came out one month before the movie came and out. And it was only one, huh? And, and uh, they might have done two. They might have done two fairly quickly. I can't remember exactly. But the, yeah, the first John Wick trailer came out like yep. one month before that they That movie did. was a sleeper. I was like, oh, yeah. John Wick. What? What's this? Well, let's see. Not to mention, there's a lot of movies right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they, listen, they know how to market their films. They know when they're they're going to start ramping it up. And it'll be soon. It'll be and, soon. And you know what? How we decided to watch John Wick, what the one thing that made us decide, or at least I know Dennis decided, was he said, let's go watch John Wick. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all he said. Yeah. And he said he didn't see the trailer. So Rotten Tomatoes does have its... Uh, of course it does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anybody who says it doesn't is either completely disassociated with reality or pushing an agenda because it absolutely does. And not that it should or shouldn't. I'm just saying it does. Right, right. All right. What's next? All right. Juan Espinosa writes, could Daredevil become one of the leaders of the MCU? No, no, I don't see. like actually even heard one of the writers for it saying, eh, yeah, no, I, I no, Daredevil's not going to become one of the leaders of the MCU. I would love to see him team up with Spider-Man though in a Spider-Man yep. movie. Sure. Street I have level, a hard time imagining it. Like I, I think, that's possible if they're not going to bring him into the MCU just with a Disney Plus show. It's going to be difficult to transition him from a Disney Plus show to being a big lead character in a movie. Now, they're doing it with Ms. Marvel, so maybe they can do it with Daredevil too, but I have a feeling they have more plans for Daredevil. I have a feeling most of their plans for Daredevil is going to be on the small screen. 
Could be wrong about that, though. Nobody's giving me inside information. That's just me guessing. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Magic K writes, writer Tom King just slipped that James Gunn direct Superman Legacy. Your thoughts? Well, I, everybody's been assuming James Gunn is directing Superman Legacy. I mean, even Peter Safran, his co-CEO of DC, said, James is writing it, and we're hoping we can twist his arm into directing it. I mean, I think we all knew he was going to be directing it. So, I mean, listen, the writer just may have been speaking theoretically. Who knows? But I think we're all expecting James Gunn to direct Superman Legacy. That, that's our guess at any rate. All right, what's next? All right, a Sith Lord writes, I love you guys. This is the way it's my birthday. Hey, happy hey! birthday, Sith Lord. May you have a fabulous day and a fabulous year ahead of you. And thank you for spending a bit of your birthday here with us. We appreciate that, man. <laughs> Ray has got a celebratory do, happy. Twizzler. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right, Andrew Rice writes, uh, what if Marvel lent characters to a third party for a series that can tell more adult stories. A Wolverine Amazon series would be amazing. Yeah, but you're never going to see it. <laughs> be, and and only because, only because <clears throat> Marvel spent so many years trying to scratch and claw the rights to all their characters back. And I don't think, there's there, it's a double-bladed thing here because I don't think Marvel is interested in signing any lease deals where somebody else has the rights to make their movies or their characters' stuff. And then if you're Amazon, you're not going to sign a deal where, okay, you can make a, I don't know, uh, a, a Captain Marvel thing. I'm just making something up here. But you Runaways, can, Runaways. They did that with the Runaways, right? I mean, Hulu wasn't... Uh, but, but, that, no, but that was, like, Runaways was, if I'm not mistaken, was weren't Runaways under... Shit, weren't they under... Was that a thing, a thing with Fox? Yeah, FX. Well, it's sold on FX. Right. I so I, I think Runaways was a Fox deal, uh -uh. right? I, so I, I mean, I could be I could be wrong about that, but I, I guess I'm saying I just think they spent so much time getting those things back. So if you're Disney, you wouldn't be giving rights to your characters away again. And then if you're somebody, say like Amazon, you're not gonna. Why would you pay big money to Disney to say make let's say an X twenty three, right? X twenty three. Would you put up big money for X-23 if you don't have the option to continue making X-23? I don't think Amazon signs that deal. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Don't keep everything in Disney+, Plus, whether it's adult-themed or not. I think they're just going to Well, because even if they want to do adult-themed, they still have Hulu. They can put it on Hulu. If they keep Hulu, again, because there are some whispers that they might be selling Hulu to Comcast. All right, do... we're running out of time yeah, here. Right. we got to keep moving yeah, here. What's right. next? Yeah, we're running out of time. Yeah, right, Jonathan. Tycho writes, what are your thoughts on the new Teenage Mutant Ninja, <clears throat> Ninja Turtles produced by Seth Rogen? Uh, I love the art style and voice acting. It looks like a bag of shit. John loves it. <laughs> it looks, it look, again, I, it looks like something that should play as a double feature with Sesame Street. Okay, from now on. But again, whenever... again. <laughs> I thought the same thing about Harley Quinn and I ended up loving it. And I like Seth Rogen a lot <laughs> and I like his other stuff. So I'm going to hope that when I watch this, I hope the same thing happens. I just think right now it looks like it's made for children. It looks like it should be playing in a double feature with Sesame Street, mm. which is not what the Teenage Mutant Ninja <clears throat> Turtles should be. But that's just me. I know I'm in the I know I'm in the minority. I, I know, but I will keep my I, like you know me. I want to love everything I see. And hopefully this will turn out to be a Harley Quinn type situation where I think it looks absolutely terrible, but I end up loving it. So here, there's hoping for that. All right, what's next? All right, Wicked Man writes, uh, do you think uh, Kamzat... Asmat? 
Yeah, stays at Shemayev? 170 or just moves up to 185. I I said this before. I actually think he moves up to 185. I really do. And he's a problem. I'll he's tell you what, problem. though. He's a problem at any weight. At absolutely any weight, he is a big problem. By the way, Peter Yan is fighting this weekend, Again? which is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I, I'm going to see if he can get back. Notable guy? Yeah, but I'm 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 just really hoping to see because he won his first fight against Aljamain Sterling, and then he got that stupid disqualification. But he was winning that fight. I mean, he was clearly going to win the fight. And then, full full kudos to Aljamain Sterling. He beat Peter Yan in their rematch. Full credit to him. Fair and square. So it's going to be yeah, fair and square. Oh wow! It's going to be interesting to see if what how Peter Yan Yan's career now rebounds from that. But anyway, sorry, I could go on on UFC stuff forever. <laughs> and is that it? That's it. And guys. That'll do it for today's Friday episode of the John Campy Show. And that'll do it for another week for us here. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. And by the way, if you are one of our beloved channel members, we're going to have a channel member town hall meeting a little bit later today at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. East Coast Time. Come on back for a member's chat, for a member's exclusive chat. If you, again, you are one of our channel members, I'll see you guys there. So for everybody in the room, Ray Aura, uh, you were just on camera doing that. What are you trying go to do? Go watch 65, baby. Oh, go watch 65. <laughs> They're trying to give me a secret subliminal <laughs> message right on camera. Uh, Ray Aura sitting beside him running the show today. Jonathan Voico, Taylor Gonzalez been over there. My name's John Campia. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>